So I guess these guys are just like giving out cards because he just keeps giving women his cards. They're like, <laughs> let us know. They're like, please call me about Jughead specifically. About Jughead. Not because I'm married. Not about anything else. I don't really want to discuss <laughs> last night's Bachelor yet. I haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is um, if you had to work at Riverdale High, which class would you teach? And um, I would absolutely be stealing Kevin's job. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) And I would be stealing the job that Kevin has been having for several seasons that he shouldn't have in the first place, which is the director of the school musicals. That's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah, I I would teach drama. I think, you know... This episode, when Kevin talks about how, like, Betty's so much more impressive than him, mm-hmm. because Betty's an FBI agent and he's a drama teacher, I'm like, Kevin, I don't think you realize how important drama teachers are. High school drama teacher changed my life. My high school drama teacher is one of the first people I'm thanking in, like, a- any awards acceptance speech. Like, <laughs> that's true. I don't think he understands exactly how important he is, but that's that's what I would do if I had, like, if I had to choose. I love I that choice for you so much. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And I would be the art teacher, obviously. Like, I don't have anything else to see. I feel like... Yeah, that's you know, perfect. <laughs> I feel like we ask these like the same sorts of fun fact questions like sometimes I think we ask like basically the same thing over and over again so I like to think that some of our listeners already know our answers before we even (laughs) say them that would be cute I feel like my answer for this one is gonna throw some people off all right all right and my name is Samantha Coley I'm a 28 year old television critic I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses I you if I were the, if I were a teacher at Riverdale uh-huh. High, uh-huh. I would want to be the gay gym teacher. You're right. Yeah. I expected English teacher. Yeah. You know what? I like gay gym teacher. Everyone's had a gay gym teacher, I you know? I feel like, I feel like a, having a gay gym teacher is like a crucial experience, specifically a gay woman gym teacher. I love you, Miss Sheldon. Is like a crucial experience to, um, life. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I just want to provide that for the children of Riverdale. I want to I want to have a safe gym class mm-hmm. where people don't feel like garbage. If I concentrate hard enough, I can remember the exact sound that Miss Sheldon's track pants made as she <laughs> taught us how to do the grapevine at the front of the class. That's so funny. Respect. Um and just like we said uh, last last episode, we are not together for this episode. In fact, I am sitting alone. I'm so sorry. In the living room. Tragique. And uh, Brittany and Sam are back home in Alberta uh, because Brittany's sister is having a baby. I'm really excited for every week getting to come on the Riverdale podcast and let everyone know if Lindsay had the baby or not Yep, <laughs> in the last week. This is like the first time we've traveled. I wonder like, yeah, yeah. like I wonder, uh, <laughs> I'm like, what if... We come on the podcast, record the podcast and say she hasn't had the baby yet. And then by the time the podcast comes out, <laughs> she's had the baby. That would be amazing. Then it won't be it, it won't be accurate anymore. <gasps> that would be amazing. I would love you'll, that. You'll have to you'll have to put in an edit at the end. Yeah. Like, actually, Lindsay Just had kidding, the baby yes. on Saturday. So, <laughs> yeah. 
She do be here. It's happening Saturday, putting it into existence. <laughs> I would like to see God, it. God, I hope it's next Saturday. It's got because if it's this Saturday, she and I are busy catching Pokemon. We have oh, yeah, plans. They have a Pokemon <laughs> date this Saturday, so it can't be this Saturday, yeah. but it could We're- be next Saturday. Yeah. We're grown women. If if it is now Friday, February 19th, which means that your sister's officially having a Pisces. She literally said that earlier today. Yep. She was yeah. extremely happy. She, she said, I want the Pisces. She looked at me earlier and she said, what day is it? And I said, it's the 19th. It's Friday. And she said, oh, we're officially having a Pisces. It's Pisces season. It's Pisces season. <laughs> happy Pisces season. Robin, what does Pisces season entail, would you say? Right crying mm, nailed, nailed it. it and then also like looking up into the sky and looking at the night sky in in wonder mm-hmm. i feel like um yeah part of it is just kind of like appreciating the like beauty around you if that makes sense i love yeah that. it does make sense actually yeah i just really feel like you know it's like a very like daydreamy type of sign is what we usually get like creativity so like Maybe make some, make some like pretty art for, and, and then just have like good vibes, you know? I can do that. Nothing but good vibes. But, and also like stay in touch with your emotions, which I do every single day <laughs> <laughs> because I'm constantly crying. Yeah. That's not an exaggeration actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Welcome to Pisces season. It's exciting. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. So today we have words to say about episode 505 of Riverdale, The Homecoming. So it is a two act play written in 1964 by Harold Pinter. There is a 1970 film based on it um and it's set in north london and it has six characters but five of them are men Uh. and they're all like related to each other and it's like basically it's like a a family drama family like dispute type of thing so yeah all right at this point do we think that they're still naming things after movies yeah yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because they could just call it Homecoming, which, by the way, has its own like film. Basically, everything is a film at this point. But next <laughs> week's episode is called Back to School, and there's like a whole thing on Back to School and everything too. So they're definitely still doing it. Oh, cool. Okay. We so going into thoughts from listeners, we got another thing for our friend Dave, who, by the way, I realized we just keep calling him our friend Dave, and we never say what his at is on Twitter. So his at is one seven zero one Trekkie. He has a Star Trek Yay. account. It's a good account. He is an icon and he sent me who squeaky is a reference um <gasps> uh, is a reference oh. to yeah so squeaky from is the actual person and you know that it's definitely about her because her name is also lynette oh all right yeah they said that this squeaky's name was lynette fields and this squeaky and the squeaky that um <laughs> say squeaky again the squeaky in real life her name was also lynette but it was lynette from okay. and um she is an american criminal who was a member of the manson family oh wow and she attempted to assassinate president gerald ford in 1979 <laughs> oh my god all right work yeah she was sentenced to life in prison and um she was paroled after 34 years and she published a book about her life in 2018 and yeah she went by squeaky she sounds fascinating yeah Alrighty. she like if you go on her wikipedia page i'm looking at her right now this is a picture of her as a high school junior in 1965 which is 10 years before she's going to try and assassinate the president she looks very nice and i'm like oh didn't oh my god <laughs> didn't know you were uh, capable of this didn't know you were a straight up murderer fascinating yeah attempted sorry attempted can you imagine like going to school with her and then being like wait what she did she did what i know like do you guys ever like go on on facebook i know you're already gonna say no yeah do you ever go on facebook and like all of your friends are like sharing a news story in which like another person you went to high school with is like (laughs) has a warrant out for their arrest does that ever happen to you no 
No, it's usually mm. that someone has died. Oh my god. Oh, it's it's happened to me a couple times, but maybe that's just rural Alberta, you know? Yeah. Th- though, to be fair, I don't go on Facebook. Yeah. Not my choice. <laughs> I need to go on literally just to keep up with the drama. <laughs> so thank you so much to Dave for sending in um, that thing about Squeaky. Uh, I'm really glad you did because that totally went over my head and it's definitely what they meant to do. That's awesome. So now it's time to toot or boot the episode. So um, if this is your first time with us. Uh, <laughs> welcome. We, yes, welcome. We do a thing called toot or boot, which is from RuPaul's Drag Race's fashion photo review. Toot is good. Boot is bad. Newt is neutral. And then there are things on either side of toot and boot. Um, which are for like either very bad or very good things. So um, yeah, Brittany, would you like to toot or boot this episode? I'm going to give it a toot. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Sam? As a Barchi stan, toot. <laughs> Honestly, speaking specifically from a Barchi standpoint of view, shoot. But uh, mm, overall, wow. toot. Yeah. I'm definitely also going to give it a toot. I thought it was more enjoyable than last week's episode. And uh, I had a great time watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely had more fun watching it than last week. It was super fun. Um, So we had a really hard time splitting this episode up into the storyline. So many of them intersected with each other. So we decided to just um, cover it chronologically. You know what? That was the right decision for us. I think so too. Uh, so I did the first third. Our heroes chat and pops about how to save the town. Betty and Jughead talk separately about why they haven't spoken in seven years. Jug left her a nasty voicemail when his book launched. He apparently didn't mean for it to stop her from talking to him, which, okay, sure. Veronica and Archie discuss Veronica's husband and life in New York. Archie tells her that she was his last relationship. Veronica tells him to have a fling and he takes her advice. (laughs) (laughs) Betty goes home and sees Alice, who's taking care of Polly's twins. Speaking of, she's not home, even though it's late, which Betty doesn't like. Veronica goes back to the Pembroke. Archie is at the El Royale and Jug heads to Dilton's bunker. He needs to get pages to his agent and owes a bunch of money to the bank. Kevin and Betty pack up Charles's office and they find his recordings of their phone calls. Betty is reminded about how mean she was to Polly. Veronica goes to Hiram asking to be let back in on the family businesses. Jughead goes to the White Worm and learns that his serpent friends didn't like being exploited for his book. Archie talks to Weatherby and learns that the school might have to shut down due to lack of funding. Alice says the board is doubting them, but there's still hope. They're going to try and get enough resources to convince the board that they can stay open. Jughead asks Tabitha if he can work at Pops, but she isn't so sure. Hiram approaches Tony about giving her a job at Stonewall if she gives up on Riverdale High. She refuses. Archie spies on the ghoulies from Betty's window and tries to think of a plan to get the house back. Keller tells him that he can get Reggie to inspect it, but he'll definitely tip off the ghoulies ahead of time because he sucks now. Veronica tries to go to LA, but finds that her credit cards are frozen. Chad says the same thing is happening to him, but no one believes that. Smithers tells Veronica that she's being watched. Veronica dresses up as Monica Posh and gets 30k for her Glamour Shea egg and her pearl necklace, which I thought she already sold the Glamour Shea egg. Eh, yeah. Whatever. Um, and she also gets a gun. And that's that's the first third. That it? So Jughead says in the beginning narration that they weren't actually catching up on their their like actual lives but they were just kind of like talking about the town um and i guess that's probably how jughead was so easily able to like lie about what means he has you know like archie thinks that he is staying at the five seasons right god what a dork so since since they're not actually talking about their lives he's able to kind of get through that Mm -hmm. um in the betty and jughead scene betty says that she didn't reach out to jughead because he left her this voicemail on the night of his book launch so i assume she probably didn't read the book (laughs) (laughs) can you blame i i feel like she read the book you think even after he sent her that mean voicemail right before the book came out yes i either she didn't read it or she's going to read it while she's in riverdale oh right 
I, I'm wondering what he said in the voicemail. I can't tell if this is like something that's going to come back. That's like a mystery where it's like, ooh, what's in the voicemail? Or if it's something that, because it seems like they're kind of just skating over it. But it's something that I'd be interested in knowing. Yeah, like, was it him ask? like, was it him straight up being mean? Or was it him like asking to get back together, but like being really weird about it? I think that the impression that I got was that it was not very nice. And so he's like, oh, well, I didn't mean to like push you away. And I'm like, what? Well, then don't be mean, <laughs> perhaps. Like, I didn't mean to push you away. Sorry for, like, leaving a really cruel voicemail, but, I mean, whatever. Yeah, and he's, like, so nonchalant about it. I'm like, okay, well, it just prevented you from talking or having a relationship for years, but whatever, I guess. Um, Yeah, it's totally, totally uh, healthy. Sure, And, like, didn't his book just come out in, like, the last two years? Like, what about those first five years that they weren't talking? Oh, has it really only been out for two years? Well, I remember last episode, um, Sam his agent saying, you know, you you have to, like, you could write anything you wanted. Last year, you could write anything you wanted, but now you can't or whatever, right? So I thought... Yeah, no, 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 that makes sense. That it must have just come out in, like, the last two years because that, like, first year after it came out was something that he could, like, he was, like, a hot commodity and now he's not. And he was writing the, bu- the bubble, yeah. Yeah, Un- unless... Like, I I feel like if it was earlier than that, then Sam would have said the last few years or something like that. Right. I don't know, but. No, I agree with you. He was probably in school. Yeah. So like. And then they just, so they just were busy and didn't talk. Yeah. I just like, I wonder. And like, had broken up. Yeah. And, and also like Jughead, obviously like, I guess still harbored feelings about about Betty and I mean after writing it in his book probably he also like that kind of like drudged those up and so like that kind of brought out that voicemail Mm -hmm. have you guys ever had an ex drunkenly call you and leave a voicemail nope I have not thank goodness I know that you have it's the best (laughs) (laughs) that's because you love you love the drama it's true I do but well it's also like like, the gratification of being like the one that got away yeah yeah I um I'm sad that Betty had a bad experience with it because um my experience with it was joyous (laughs) I had an absolutely great time I woke up the next morning and I listened to it and I was like wow (laughs) that was a lot so anyway yeah let's move on to Marchie (laughs) god you're valid (laughs) like hang on let me just bring this up real quick (laughs) I like if you guys want to hear about what was in the voicemail, send me a DM. I'm not going to talk about it publicly, but it was great. Yeah, it, it, honestly, it's a good story. Yeah. So Archie is talking to Veronica and it just immediately brings up her husband and about how expensive her ring is. Probably thinking about if he had to be with, like if he and Veronica had gotten engaged, how he wouldn't have been able to afford a ring like that. And like, I just wonder what's going through his head if he's like, oh, it's a good thing I'm not with her because obviously she deserves more or like, I don't know, but yeah. I I honestly kind of wondered if he was like a little like intimidated, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, she married someone like thinking, wow, it, it, I guess it never was supposed to be me. It, exactly. Um. So Veronica says that Chad is actually a great guy under all his like ego. And I'm like, okay, but <laughs> if his where? ego is that prominent, then maybe he's not actually a good guy. That's right? like, like saying he- Hiram's a good guy under the ego. It's yeah. like where he did one nice thing once. Like, if I have to yeah. dig that deep, uh, no, he's not. He's not worth it. Yeah, not interested in doing the work. <laughs> I'm not interested in doing the work. 
Archie says that he hasn't had a relationship this entire time. And I'm like, hey, that's fair. Like, he's been straight up in the army the Mm -hmm. entire time. Like, it's not like everybody else who, like, went to school and then left and then, like, had a life for three years, you know? Like, Archie's, like, been in the military the entire time. Yeah, which means he's both seen some things, but also high school, I think, for him is more fresh because he didn't have another school experience. Right, and also, I totally, like, now that I'm thinking about it, I totally see that from him because he seems, like... So having, I mean, yeah, like you said, like he went to war and saw some really terrible things, like things that nobody else can even imagine. Now, do we know what Um, war this was? We sure don't. No. (laughs) And we never will. (laughs) But also, this is like his his first like real foray into like real life, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so like, I, I totally see him being like this bright eyed kid who's like, let's save the town. You know, and he keeps like, you know, he calls Jughead and he's like, Jughead, I was hoping we could do this. And like, Betty, maybe all four of us can hang out after this. And you know, like, he just seems so like- He's got some idealism still. Yeah, and he, he like- He totally does. I can see his eyes are just like so full of like purpose. He believes that, like, he, he didn't lose the Andrew's optimism. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So Veronica tells Archie that he can have a fling and it's really chill. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, listen, I'm maybe he maybe he used the word relationship because he's probably had some flings. There's loads of like I'm like, hello, have did you see the way he and Jack he and Corporal Jackson or whatever we're talking to mm-hmm. each other? I'm not gonna forget about this. I do like that um in last week's episode, they basically showed us everyone's uh side piece. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The implication of that is um beautiful. Like if I if I were to write like a fan fiction about Archie's time in the military, here we go. I would definitely have like that sort of storyline in which like Archie and and I I believe this to be true, but I don't want to like push anything on him or anything, you know. But like I think that he probably had like he probably doesn't really understand exactly how gay he is. <laughs> Like, I see it, but I also think that there's a lot of, like, growing that could happen in which, like, he's there and everything, and he probably had, like, a lot of romantic moments that he didn't know were romantic, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Or, like, a lot of, like, feelings like that that he didn't actually understand until, like, you know, then he comes back to Riverdale, and he, like, I don't know, realizes it or something, and he's like, wait a second. Like, Archie bisexual, question mark? Corporal Jackson! Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And Veronica kind of makes some sort of statement as if, like, you can't have fun after you're married. Um, which is not very optimistic. Which is like, we, that means you're not in a good marriage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you, if you call somebody the old ball and chain, you're like, you're really, you, you suck. You're really relating your spouse to prison. Is Mm -hmm. that a relationship you want to be in? If people are like, you know, what's that thing that straight people say? It's like something about all the fun is over or uh, like. Yeah, basically that. Basically a game over. Like all those straight people jokes about like, oh, your last night is a free man. Free man. Yeah. Oh, that one bugs me so much. I'm like, you sound boring. So Veronica says she has to get back to her life after this. Betty brings Alice a milkshake. And um, so I guess Alice actually has been living next to the ghoulies. Didn't expect this from her, but. Yeah. Like, is she just like too busy to deal with it? Or is it just not a fight that she thinks she can make? She seems so overworked. Yeah, I think she's putting in so much work raising the twins and like trying to keep Polly from falling off the edge, but also like on the verge of just like straight up giving up because Polly's so gone. So does this mean she's a single mom again? 
basically. Kind of. Because, like, Betty's going to have to stay in town to help raise the kids now, right? Like, yeah, kind of. I think, I also think that maybe, I mean, it's been seven years. So, like, when the ghoulies moved in, I think maybe Alice would have tried to actually do something. And, but I don't think that she would do what, like, Betty and Archie are willing to do, which is, like, show up and, like, with bats and batons and everything. Bust some heads, yeah. And so she probably tried to do it the legal way, like Archie did. And, of course, that didn't work out for Archie and it probably didn't work out for Alice either. And so, like, at some point she just gave up and stopped trying. Yeah. But, like, why would Mary do that? I don't know. That's, like, my number one question. Yeah. I mean, what Mary doesn't, surely doesn't know about the ghoulies. You mean just, like, our, how would no one have told her? Isn't that who she's renting it to? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, I think this is, like, a thing that just doesn't really make sense. I think they had Well, to per- she probably wouldn't have known how bad it was, because she hasn't been sure. back to town in seven years, because what reason would she have to go there yeah and they probably had to purposefully give her the idiot ball in order to involve whatever ghouly retaliations coming mm-hmm. the milkshake that betty brings alice is vanilla but later at pop's retirement party she has a strawberry one i was about to say alice is a strawberry girl and i just wanted to say that this symbolizes that betty doesn't know her family anymore <laughs> <laughs> yes wait but that actually probably maybe was purposeful I don't know, maybe, but I I came up with it anyway, either way. Uh, You know what? You're observant as hell. Thanks. I agree. So yeah, like I said, Alice seems really overworked and is basically raising these kids. Yeah. In in our 503 podcast, we said like that would be like a really great idea for her because we we thought it would be really nice for her to give her a purpose, but it doesn't seem to be. It seems to just be like really difficult. Yeah. We, I think that I thought that she would have more help from Polly. Yeah. I'm still going to assume that she's in a long distance relationship with FP. Nothing told me that otherwise. So yeah, actually, I have a reason why that's definitely true, actually. So yeah, nothing told us otherwise. In fact, I think something told us something told us that that's true. Explain. Well, how about when we get to that scene? <gasps> oh, fine. <laughs> so Alice doesn't seem to like care where Polly is. She's like out or she's like at work or whatever. When do you guys think that Polly came to came back to live with Alice? Probably pretty quickly, I would say. You think like within a year, within two years? Yes. Yeah, probably. I bet. I bet Alice like begged her to come back. Yeah, because Alice, yeah. Like, knew, like, literally said she didn't have a purpose. And Polly yeah. was probably, like, drowning trying to take care of the twins by herself. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to the Pembroke, and Hiram clearly isn't living there, so I assume he's living somewhere in Sodale. Either in Sodale or in, like, I feel like there's a mayor's mansion. Oh, sure. Am I crazy? Was that never a thing? Are you thinking about when, like, Josie and Sierra would be together? Because the only time that I remember, like, Josie and Sierra actively being together was when, um, like, Sierra and Josie were being, like, their lives were being threatened. And so they got a, a room at the Five Seasons. Oh. Oh, well. So that might be what you're thinking of. Perhaps. Maybe so. Because even when Hermione was mayor, they lived at the Pembroke. Oh, yeah, duh. So I I don't Maybe think- I'm thinking of, like, Once Upon a Time or something. Oh, my God. Maybe. That's so set- Oh, sure, yeah. Well, it's filmed in a lot of the same places. Yeah. Right, good point. <laughs> um, so Archie's at the El Royale for now, and Jughead's back in the bunker, and he inexplicably has Wi-Fi. I truly think that that is the least um, <laughs> realistic thing uh, on this episode. Okay, but I came up with- I mean, he had to have hotwired it himself. Yeah. I think that he's just using his phone as a hotspot. But even then, like- you're underground? Would there be... Oh, so what reception would he have, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, and, and would there... When you use a hotspot, is there like a little icon beside the Wi-Fi signal or no? Yeah, there is. Okay, yeah. I didn't see it. So it must have been Wi-Fi. It stands up. But I'm also like... Okay, if he hotwired the Wi-Fi himself, has the Wi-Fi been going this entire time? And, and like, 
what you just pay for the Wi-Fi. That's why you don't have any money. I love you pay it. for Wi-Fi you're not using. That's why you have a nine thousand dollar credit card bill. He doesn't. He doesn't have to. Like he doesn't have to set it up when he gets there. I love the like little things that Riverdale just leave completely open to mystery. They're like yeah. we don't really care to answer this detail. <laughs> so Jughead looks at his voicemails. Um, Sam needs pages, or Jughead will owe more money because they're gonna take away their advance. They're gonna take away their money, like the publisher. Where is Jughead's money? Yeah, what did he spend his money on? Why does I don't know? Like, Guys, why is he? What in did so Jughead spend his money on? Alcohol. That I'm gonna, much. We've gotten multiple reasons as to that much. You know what? I'm gonna say that know. he got like a Blue Apron subscription that he forgot <laughs> to cancel. <laughs> Yeah. And he just owes them a lot of money. Yeah, that makes sense. Because he was like, I can be a real person. I can cook. I don't have to live on burgers. And then it just didn't happen for him. Yeah. It's like, because Sam said something about him being a drunk or being drunk. And then he also like went to the bar after Jess. Mm -hmm. After Jess left him. So I'm like, okay, so there's multiple reasons as to why we think that you drink a lot. Yep. The amount that he owes to the company is $9,876. So the way that I think that they came up with that was they went, okay, looks at their keyboard. Let's just go nine and then we'll go down one, eight, and then we'll just just keep going down seven, six. <laughs> Let's just do that. They were like, yeah, put them together. Put them right in yeah, a row. Whatever. <laughs> So um, Betty and Kevin are packing up Charles's office that has been there for seven years for some reason. Where is Charles? Jail. Did he go to prison? Jail. Where did, but but tell me where he was. But tell me more about that. Like, why did they just leave this? What? Literally, the only thing they ever said was, Charles, you're going to jail. And he never even said like. And he was like, all right, you got me. Yeah, okay, I'll go to jail. Like, he just ignored them saying that. And so now I'm like, okay, so did he? I don't know. Kevin asks about the Bughead reunion and Betty calls Kevin and Fang's high school sweethearts, which is cute. I think that they were only together for like just senior year, but I I I'll respect it. Oh, I mean, like if you're still together by the end of high school, whether then you win, <laughs> whether no, no matter when you got together, you're high school sweetheart. Right. Gotcha. And he's like, well, you're an FBI agent and I'm a high school drama teacher. And I was like, excuse me, high school drama teachers are some of the most important people. And I know I'm biased, but I'm going to say it. No, they're formative. Yeah. Like I said, my high school drama teacher probably changed my life. So yeah. Also like uh, you're doing the Lord's work, work, Kev. From my knowledge of like the episode descriptions they've released so far, it sounds mm -hmm. like Kevin is doing investigating a lot with Betty and Alice for Polly, especially that. in the next episode. So um, I'm interested to see how like he gets roped into that. Like, is yeah. it just because he's the sheriff's son or like, is there a different reason that they need Kevin specifically? Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm excited. So Betty finds the tapes of their conversations that Charles made, including the Halloween conversation with Polly. And she's just like, it just makes her upset to hear her be so mean to her, I guess. At the time, I was not upset. And to be honest, I'm still not that upset about how mean she was. Exactly. So Veronica goes to Hiram and Veronica says she wants back in on the family business. And uh, <laughs> Mark comes in with the face act by going, I'm confused. Don't you live in New York? It's so funny. And he has the best like eyebrow raise that I've ever seen. We had, we watched it twice. His comedic timing is so it's good. It's stellar. Mm -hmm. So they're looking for a weekend home, Veronica and Chad. And she's like, baby here in Riverdale. And I'm like, really? Oh my God. Like really? Of all the places you were going to vacation, you, you chose Riverdale. I mean, I guess, I guess the property like expenses would be very low. <laughs> oh damn. That's a good point. I feel like that, sh I feel like she made that up. I feel like that's a- Yeah, oh, for sure. She's just making that up, for sure. For a sure. pitch to get at Hiram. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that would be so funny. Hiram reveals that Hermosa moved to the rum business to Miami, so there's our answer on where Hermosa is. Pop That's off, not please. helpful. Enjoy Miami, babe. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he also says that he sold her speakeasy to Tony, but he didn't tell her that he was doing that. And he, she's like, how dare you? And he's like, you didn't tell me you were getting married. Oop. Like, that. that's fair. And I was like, ouch. Yeah, that is, that, like... He sucks, but he is your dad. Like, at least tell him that it's happening. You don't have to invite him, but at least tell him. Like, you don't have to invite him. Just tell him. Just let him know. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like, honestly, though, if your dad's that garbage, you don't even have to. T- I get it. Yeah. Don't tell him. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Um, however, it's like, I get him throwing the barbs back. Like, it makes sense that he, like, wouldn't tell her if she didn't tell him. But, right. like, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I'm thinking, like, if you're going to, like, go against him like that, then you better be ready for him to go against you. That's probably the reason why I would tell him in the first place is so that he wouldn't go- so that he wouldn't come back. <laughs> exactly. Come back. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like, come back at me. Oh, yeah. That's fair. He's like, hey, you should get your weekend home in Sodale. So you're always- you're- so you always have the higher ground. I like that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I'm not supporting you, but thanks. I shan't. Also, bye. Jughead asks Tony if he can work at the White Worm, and he has no idea that his friends don't like him anymore. Which, like, what did you think was going to happen, bud? You exploited your friends for money. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and I'm so sad because this is, like, my season two core four, you know? It feels like Jughead was closer with with these guys than he was with Veronica at times. Yeah, for sure. He and Veronica, like, barely knew each other. Why didn't you make a one-year, like, an every-year date with these guys? They probably would have shown up because they didn't leave. Yeah, exactly. They're like, okay, well, you made the serpents look dumb. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like, they are dumb. You know, like, uh, all of their um, traditions and codes and everything, it's dumb. What do you mean? They probably, like, looked at it and, like, when you lay it all out like that, it probably feels dumber, you know? It's like, it sounds dumb when you read it. But when you live it, it doesn't feel as dumb. When you live it. (laughs) Yeah. Jack gets confused because he's like, um, the Vipers were the good guys. And of course, like, I think that's definitely a nod to the Greasers, obviously, because his, um, his book was inspired by the Outsiders. Yep. And I think that the Serpents in general were, um, were modeled after the Greasers even because, um, because of their crazy names too, like mm-hmm. Pony Boy, Soda Pop, uh, 2-Bit, and Johnny Cake and all that stuff. <laughs> so like Sweet Pea and Fangs are like, easy yes and they also like they have their hair slicked back a lot of the times and they're they bought their leather jackets so and they always hold carrying a blade you know <laughs> they're always ready to rumble while you were writing a book i, I studied, studied the, the blade, blade. <laughs> so fangs had a character in the book and his name was toothy and Toothy had a character named in the book which was a Popeye because Sweet Pea is a character from the Popeye comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but isn't Popeye copyrighted? Like, I feel like he shouldn't be allowed to use Popeye. Oh my God, is it? I mean, you can probably use like, although it's really old. It's probably in the public. Um, oh, maybe it is. Oh, it probably like, is. Unisphere or whatever. Can you imagine just using okay. Popeye though? Yeah. Here's my next question. And Brittany, I want you to answer this. Okay. I want you to take this seriously because this is the kind of question that you would ask and I want you to take it seriously. Oh God, I'm afraid. Tony, Tony definitely had a character in that book too, but what was her name? Oh, actually, it does say on January 2009, or January 1st, 2009, 70 years since the death of its creator, Popeye became public domain in most countries, but remains under copyright in the US. Oh, all right then. That's kind of baldy. Yeah. What would Tony be called? Also, Toothy is the stupidest jump from fa- You are an idiot, Jughead. You're not a good writer. Toothy? <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Jughead. Toothy? Come on. Yeah, it's that. not very original. Because toothy is an adjective. Right. And fangs is a noun. Right. 
Like tooth then. Tooths. Teeth. Teeths. <laughs> Teeths. Okay, but like Teeth. what if he kept Tony's the same but just spelled it with a Y? <laughs> I I have an idea. Okay. On what it could be potentially. Okay. Is it what is it? Instead of the serpent queen, is it the viper empress? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Stick with me here. Okay. All right. Tony's real name is Antoinette. Yes. So what if her character's name was Marie? Oh, okay. That would work. I don't I know how her. he changes that, but I wonder if, like, I just, that's what I wanted. I you love know what? That. I support that. That's really clever, Robin. I like it. Like, it was that, or in my head, I was thinking, I don't know, tiny? Although, tiny. Although, yeah. that's so clever. If he didn't even get past Toothy, um... <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Britney's Britney's Tony with a Y is more likely. Oh my god. Thank Their you. names are Tony, Fangs, and Sweet Pea, and it's dope. And Jughead's like, hmm. How do I make these names less cool? <gasps> Tiny, Toothy, and Popeye. <laughs> Popeye. <laughs> so now Jughead has a whole bunch of enemies here. Like, oh my god, Tall Boy, except him named Small Boy. Small Boy. No, a small man. <laughs> FP's just PF. PF. Oh my god, can you imagine? Pendleton Forsyth. <laughs> Pendleton Forsyth. The first. The, the first! first. <laughs> this sucks, I hate this. <laughs> this book is probably so bad. I don't know, because he was technically writing the story of the town, so if he just changed all the names, we've been yeah. watching this book for years. And we thought it was bad, too. <laughs> it's true, Fair but not- it was a good kind of bad. Except season two. Season two is good. Fair enough, dude. Fair enough. So Archie emailed Weatherby about his becoming the RROTC teacher, but Weatherby was busy, so he couldn't answer, I guess. So Archie just kind of like showed up and was like, I hope it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I feel like Weatherby can take all the help he can get. He says that the school is shutting down because it doesn't have any funding. Um, Alice is on the PTA, even though her kids don't go there anymore. I think they say that she's on the PTA. Yeah. And then later, she's on the school board. Yeah, I'm she's confused. Pro- well, those are two very- she could be on both, right? Well, Kevin's got like six teaching positions. Right, so she probably has both. So she's probably on both. Yeah, if anyone was going to do that. Right, because she says that she seems to know a lot about the, like, she seems to know a lot about the board, but I just assumed that was because she was in the PTA, because that's all that they said she was at the time. Right, fair enough. Where do you guys think that the twins go to school? Is there a Riverdale Elementary? Riverdale Elementary. Uh-huh. Yeah, because there's no way Alice would give in and let them go to Sodale. Yeah. Right. They lost a bunch of money, didn't they? So, like, yeah. is there even any way they could afford Sodale? Or right. Pin- Probably not. Prep school? So- Stonewall. Stonewall. Prep school? So, we're in Tony's office. Um, It has a lot of plants in it, which I- reminded me of you guys, but- um, Big gay energy. Thank you. Big gay energy. Yeah. It's very clearly not Mrs. Burble's office. Mrs. Burble's office, I remember, was, like, giant. Yeah, it was huge. There were, like, two sections to it. So I'm like, where, what happened to that? Um, uh, Alice says the board isn't into saving them. Um, Kevin is teaching drama, debate, biology, gym, and sex ed. How does he have the time? Uh, to be clear. <laughs> in the day. To be clear, I would like to teach drama and nothing else. <laughs> I want the drama and nothing else. <laughs> Kevin says that he's teaching sex ed and Archie giggles. Archie See, this is another reason why Archie literally just got out of everything and he's just Archie's making just like, his <laughs> first thing into being an actual person. Also, what's the big deal about teaching sex ed? Archie, it's important. Please. It's also important that Kevin is gay teaching sex ed. Yeah. Because that means mm-hmm. that any, like, it'll be actually like would get, like, a full, sex ed. Yeah, they get a fully rounded education instead of just heteronormative sex education. And, like, yeah. what is unfortunately all too often American sex ed, which is just, don't do it. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Be like, and you separate each other and you're like, um, here's how your vagina works and here's how your penis works. Don't ask each other. 
don't communicate. <laughs> Just, yeah, you only know your own. And also, they don't really do a very good job of, like, teaching you about your own vagina. Oh, yeah. To be honest. No, they really don't. And, oh, teach each other. Because the fact that men don't know that there's two holes is insane to me. <laughs> I love the TikTok trend where people ask dudes to tell them how to put on a pad. And they think that a pad, like, attaches to your body. To your body. Yeah, they, yeah, like, what? For any men who are confused out there listening to this, it goes on, it, it attaches, it sticks onto your underwear. There's an adhesive. Yep. And then you put on your underwear, it, and then it's there. It wraps around the underwear. And if you're wondering, does it feel like a diaper? Yes, it does. Yeah. 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 It's, um, the fact that we have not revolutionized this, I guess except for the oh, diva, diva cup. Diva cup. But um, you don't want to know how those work. I'm afraid work. of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid of them. Y'all do not want to know how those work. Yeah, public school sex education failed me. Yeah. That's for sure. Especially um, when it comes to how your period works. Yeah, there was a lot of questions that I still had that I eventually had to learn from the internet that I, like, wasn't even searching for on the internet, you know? <laughs> like Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. No, like, it's the way that I learned a lot of those things from fan fiction. Mm -hmm. Literally just how your own period yeah. works from but, like, fan fiction. But, like, back then, that was when they were writing more responsible fan fiction, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that had, like, been properly researched these days. Wild West. Right. Yeah. I feel like it was still the Wild West back then, but you just didn't have access to the Wild West. Oh, damn! Good point! So, um, they have to prove to the board that they have the resources to keep the school open. Um, and before they vote on whether to do so, the board will hear them out. So at least there's that, so they can prepare for that. Now that Squeaky is gone, Pops is hiring. Um, Jughead asks for the job, but Tabitha says no. Boy, I bet she changes her mind later. <laughs> I think she does. Hmm. And she basically says, okay, and also stop using my Wi-Fi and only buying coffee. Yeah, I respect her so much. Also, we don't do tabs anymore. Yeah, like, don't freeload off of That's pop. exactly what he's doing. He's been taking mm -hmm. advantage of Pop for eight years, nine years, ten years. Mm -hmm. Like, I like the idea of a tab system in a small town because I think that's really cool. Oh, yeah. But yeah. you should have to pay your tab at the end of every month. Yeah. Right, I definitely agree. Yeah, it's not something that can just keep going on forever. Like, there was a swimming pool that would open open every summer on the road that I lived on and you could have a tab at the swimming pool and I thought that was so cool <laughs> and like you have to close it at the end of summer yeah mm -hmm. and like it's only open for three months anyway. but like that's but, a crazy thing to do because that means you have to pre-buy the inventory and go mm -hmm. into debt buying the inventory before you get paid for the rest of it well people mm -hmm. it was a it was also a private pool so it was like you had to pay dues and stuff oh that makes sense sure. but yeah you I just thought having a tab at the pool was so cool that is cool I never <laughs> did but yeah this is the height of luxury. <laughs> I think that they are very clearly, at least to me, setting up Jugatha. Yeah. Yes. This episode, there's a lot to it. Yep. Um, even if it's not a romantic thing, I think that they, if, if they don't get together, they're going to be like best friends. I'm interested in them having a storyline together, but mm -hmm. at present, I'm, I don't really like Jughead right now. Yeah. Um, and I think she deserves better. Mm -hmm. So if he cleans up his act, then maybe I'll allow it. But yeah. I want her to fix, like, fix him, you know, like, may, like, not, not in the way that, like, you actually have to, like, put in effort to, like, fix him or anything. But, like, I, I just want, like, her, her to be the reason being around him. Yeah. And, like, maybe mm -hmm. she's the reason that he gets his shit together. Not, like, exactly. she's not, like, her having to fix him or, like, do yeah. the work of, like, cleaning up his nasty messes. But, like, if she. Her being around yeah. is what, like, propels him to. Stop um, being such a. To do better. Yeah. Which, like, sucks, because, yeah, like, yeah. dude, you should yeah. not be that much in debt. What have you done? Oh, buddy. So down at the White Worm, we see the this, like, neon serpent logo. Um, I want that for my house. <laughs> All right. 
It's really cool. It is dope. I don't like the Christmas lights all over the wall, though. I gotta say. Yeah. So um, Sweet Pea and Fangs try and protect Tony from Hiram, but she's like, I can handle it. She says that they have about 100 students at Riverdale High, and he wants to give them all scholarships to Stonewall. So that's also helps them with like any commuting that they need to do because it's a boarding school. Oh. She basically says that he's on the board, so the school must reflect your morals, and I don't like your morals, so no. That makes sense. Yeah. Great point. She's like, hard, hard pass. He says there's a counselor position with a pay raise and a corner office, and she like considers it for a second there, but decides not to do it ultimately, which I, re- I respect. I can't say that I would not go the way of Miss Crouton and truly take that bribe because I like good things. Damn it, Miss Crouton. That was such a funny line. (laughs) Betty says to Archie that she and Kevin used to watch him through his window. That's not really something you ever tell him. Yeah, you should not be admitting to that. Don't know why you told him that. No, (laughs) should not ever tell him that. Don't admit to that. I love love it how it's like her way of like kind of opening the door for the Barchi stuff later though yeah. is that she's just like hey just reminding you that I thought you were attractive and I'm not specifically saying that I do now as well but I'm just saying kind of imply it you look the same I'm not saying I don't find you attractive now mm-hmm. <laughs> but Archie's house is like a drug den now and Betty says that Alice said that the block is bad now basically yeah Archie says that he's going to take Riverdale back building by building if he has to, starting with my house. (laughs) I respect him. Leave my Mm -hmm. son alone. He's like, listen, I don't have a job right now. I went to the military and now I got to go do this thing. But until then, I'm going to do some charity work. Why not? He's a good boy. So he goes to see Keller and Keller's like basically the only person who works there now. Um, Hiram is still the mayor and he has a private security force, which is run, which is ran by Reggie. Ugh, Reggie. And Archie pretty much immediately has faith that Reggie will help him because he's like, oh, great, Reggie. Okay, well, I can do something with that. And Keller's like, no, um, he's corrupt now. And he's going to like basically just tell the ghoulies ahead of time that you're coming. So yeah it's just not gonna work very well and then you know what you know it's a weird later he's proven right yeah hmm. please save reggie what Someone is going on with him. that boy if i could ask for anything just please save reggie what is happening with him what spell does hiram have him under keller says that they still have the gear so they they're gonna go in and basically take it back oh yeah veronica almost gets a job as a sports agent but she needs to be in la for it and she says that she thought about moving there and she tries to get a pa- plane ticket to la but her card isn't working yo then like all of us we were, we were watching there like we know exactly what's happening here and we're all angry also like the way she was yeah. ready to ditch chad though and just move to la yes <laughs> She's so clearly unhappy. I love all the Zoom calls that Veronica's doing this season so far. Which, like, I like it because not only, I mean, it's safe and it makes sense, but it's more in tune with, like, things than what Veronica would normally do or what this show would normally do, which is Mm old-fashioned ways of doing things. Right. And we'd have to listen to one side of a conversation and then we'd have to listen to her relay that side of the conversation to someone this is much more efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like we even had Cheryl using Zoom earlier too, and like it's very, um, it's very this year, which reminds me of something that I was that I tweeted about today. Whereas like before the time jump, the kids were teenagers in 2020, which makes them Gen Z mm-hmm. or Gen Z, and now that they're 25 in 2021, which is literally how old I am in 2021, that makes them millennial, and I feel like that changes something. Wait, it kind of does. Yeah. 
Like, it, it changes the entire vibe to me. It does because, like... And also, like, now they're the same age as me and that's weird. <laughs> at the same time... They were always supposed to be younger than me? The writers feel painfully millennial. And I say this as a millennial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that's more authentic to how the writer's tone of voices. Yep. Mm-hmm. So she calls Chad about it and Chad's like, oh my god, my cards aren't working either. That's so weird. But you know what? I'll fix it by the time you get back. Which means if you don't come back, you're not going to have any money. Yep. Slash, you're not, you don't have money until you get back here. Exactly. Uh, he's so slimy. Smithers. <laughs> Smithers shows up and he is here again, which is great. Happy to see him. King Smithers. Glad he's still alive, honestly. <laughs> Me too. I wonder if um, he, like, if she specifically brought him in because, like, she was going to be back in Riverdale. Like, I wonder if he's, if he's retired, too, because I think he's old. He looks older than Pop. What if he still works for Hiram, though? Oh, no, that would be sad. I don't know. Smithers has always been a good, Smithers has always been a good, like, I remember in, like, season one when Veronica was like, hey, is my dad, is my mom good? And he's like, yep. And she's like, is my dad bad? And he's like, kind of. And then, like, Ooh, good point. he also, like, went against them, w- like, one time with Jughead. Like, like he called Jughead to give him information and stuff, yep, too. Yep, you're right. So, I'm just, basically, I'm just wondering, like, I don't think Smithers, like, actively works at the Pembroke because, like, nobody lives there right now. So, I think, I think Smithers might have been retired and Veronica was like, hi, will you come help me for the couple days that I'm here? And he's like, yeah, okay. Literally? Sure, anything for you, Miss Veronica. And now he's like, what? Uh, how many months? <laughs> how is the Pembroke still open? There's no one in Riverdale to stay in a luxury hotel. The Pembroke? Isn't the Pembroke a hotel and a apartment or is it just a hotel or just an apartment? I think it's just an apartment. Like we've, I mean, it could be a hotel, but I don't think we've ever gotten a reason to like a, I don't think they've ever said anything about that. Wait, hold up, hold up. Where does Hiram live? That's what I said. He probably lives in Sodale. Well, so we were discussing about the mayor's mansion. Oh, right. Of course. Sorry. I always thought it was a hotel also, just for the record. Oh, okay. I literally never thought that. So either way, I mean, it could be that. Like, to be completely honest, in my head, the Five Seasons and the Pembroke are the same place. Oh. Like, I know that they're not, but in my head yeah. they are. Okay. So he thinks that she's being followed and she's like, yeah, probably. (laughs) But she doesn't know if it's Hiram or Chad. So she puts on her Monica Posh wig. Please be better. Please eventually just be better. I'm I'm begging you to get a lace front. (laughs) I just, I can't tell if the wig, like definitely the wig used to be very, very bad. And we complained about it a lot. And I feel like a lot of people did. So I'm like, I can't tell if this new wig is better. No. Or if, like, if either it could be better and, like, I think that just Camila looks really bad with blonde hair. No, because I feel like, well, maybe platinum blonde hair, but it looks so cheap. Like, that wig looks dry. Yeah, I just can't tell if it's because it's a bad wig or because, like, it's just not Camila's color. Also, she doesn't brush it. Yeah. Oh, so true. Yeah, exactly. She just treats it poorly. Yeah. It's, it's like, right out of the bag. Yeah. It's just confusing because if you have so much money, buy a good wig. Thank you. (laughs) And, like, buy multiple wigs. Don't just... Just be mm-hmm. Monica Posh. Right. B. <laughs> you could do this. I can't think of any other. Be Vicky Moneybags. I don't know. Vicky Moneybags? <laughs> Ricky Goldsworth. Ricky. Uh, Vicky Banks. <laughs> Vicky mm. Banks. So she's trying to sell her Glamourge egg. I thought that she already sold that. Yeah. To I mean, I guess what's her face to didn't Josh. buy it. Yeah. Even though she like seemed really into it. So she's selling her egg and her pearl necklace um, basically so that she has cash over Chad because she doesn't have any money on her card. So she needs cash. Which is interesting. Like, does she not have her own separate bank account? 
I guess not, because she keeps she talks about their shared accounts and how most of the money in their shared accounts is hers. Mm. But the guy's like, okay, I'll pay you $20,000 for both of them. And she's like, yeah, I'll take 30000 cash. And he doesn't even try to bargain. He's like, eh, yeah. He's like, yeah, all right. That's fair. <laughs> he's not even like, how about 25 Nope. And she's like, also, can I have a gun, please? And he's like, yeah, sure. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Anything you want. And that's part one. <laughs> we did it, Joe. We did it. Part two? Part two. So Betty has a frankly terrifying nightmare about TBK, aka the trash bag killer, which is still deeply stupid. (laughs) She wakes up and hears a noise, so she and her gun investigate it and find Polly rolling in at 3am. That's chill. They bond over mutually traumatizing each other and vow to be real sisters to each other. The next morning, Alice tells Betty that Polly works late at the Roving Eye, which I just assumed was a strip club. (laughs) Betty is super judgy about it and Alice isn't into that at all Tony comes by with a paper which has an article about Tony being a serpent and snake dancing in it it's Hiram trying to slut shame her what a dick Alice says she'll fix it with the board Archie asks Jug who he thinks is staying at the five seasons to write something for Pop's retirement sure he can totally do that he hasn't written a sentence in like three years but he can do that Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Archie calls Reggie to help him inspect the ghoulies' house in hopes of finding something worth kicking them out over. There's nothing there, and Archie figures Reg tipped them off. Reggie, my son, I am so disappointed in you. Come back from the dark side. Literally, please, you're too handsome to be doing this. Reggie, please, I genuinely love you with my entire soul, and I can see the pain behind your eyes. Okay, but like, I was literally about to say you can't. Let us protect you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he knows he's not doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, debt collectors arrive at Pop's diner looking for Jughead, but lucky for him, Tabitha reluctantly agrees to lie for him while he hides behind the counter like a super cool dude. Tabitha offers him a job to help pay off his debt, which is like way more generous than I would ever be, but like, okay. Ronnie and Reggie meet up and he talks her out of buying a car because he's actually awful at business. <laughs> Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> he said uh, uh, she should have got the pink Cadillac for the record. Agree. Mm-hmm. He says Hiram will help Ronnie. Sure. Archie tells Betty that he saw Polly with the ghoulies. They decide to meet up with Kevin Fangs and Sweet Pea and plan out raiding the Andrews's house. They go into the house and have a good old-fashioned brawl, rounding them up and finding some jingle jangle for their troubles. Betty calls the roving eye as Polly and discovers she hasn't worked there in ages. Curious. Hiram has taken the last of Riverdale High's teachers to Stonewall like an ass. Tony reveals that he's planning on unincorporating the town and Riverdale won't have any funding for anything, including the school. So what if they made the school private and hired their own teachers that wouldn't need degrees, like a public school? The core four decide to give up their lives and become teachers at Riverdale High, which is like a choice. That's a choice. (laughs) All they need is an investor to keep the school running. Thankfully, Tony knows someone with a bank and red hair. Ronnie goes to Hiram for help and basically he's like, remember that time you called me a dog? And she's like, yes, that was a sweet burn. And then he's like, so I'm not helping you, bye. And that's the end of that scene. Betty rats on Polly to Alice about the ghoulies and starts a massive family fight. Being home is going great for her. Jughead sends his pages about Pop to his publisher in a last ditch attempt to have anything submitted. The end. The end. The end. So that's the end of the episode, actually. Obviously, Betty's. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the next scene doesn't happen, right, Sam? No, nothing else happens. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a cliffhanger. That's a a completely separate episode. Yeah. On its own. Oh, okay. (laughs) So obviously Betty's nightmares are continuing. Um, she just like actively lied to her doctor because yikes, um, they're really bad. Like they seem to be like every night almost. Right. And like the thing that's crazy is like Betty took to therapy last time mm-hmm. and she has like- Like with verbal? Yeah. And she's told yeah. other people to go to therapy and said that, you know, Alice needs to go to therapy. Why are you suddenly not dealing with your stuff? Yeah. I think like 
because instead of like it just being about her mental health, it's also about her job. I bet that's why. It's a point of pride. It is. You know what? This seems like a mental health problem that only a deeply cri- criminal town can solve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a theory slash prediction. Okay. One day her trash bag killer nightmare is not going to be a nightmare. Yep. And she's going to be like, you're not real. You're a dream. And he's not going to be a dream. <gasps> oh, God. Yo, okay. But that jump scare was top notch. I would love, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be so creepy. Like the face being covered in the trash bag. I was like, okay, that's genuinely it's good so for you, Riverdale. Creepy. That was a good scare. Yeah. Yeah. So she hears something downstairs and I I think that her being woken up by that nightmare and then hearing something downstairs is like her subconscious was warning her that something was happening in the house, I think. Yep. Oh yeah. So Can- it's Polly and Polly, that dress is not very good. It's it's very it's bad. bad. It was unflattering. No one needs to be wearing polka dots in twenty twenty one. So true. At least polka dots that are that big. Polka dots are difficult to pull off uh, if yeah. you're like over the age of seven. Yeah, right, right, right. So Betty wants to make her a cup of tea and chat. Um, she's got a low ponytail because she feels bad. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a sad <laughs> pony. <laughs> she. It's a nighttime pony. <laughs> um, she basically says sorry for abandoning her at her lowest and hope that they can be sisters again. Polly's hair is really confusing. It has like curls, but it also has like crimping at the top. She also had crimped. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like a lot going on. And it's like the next few days, she also has that crimping at the top. And I'm like, so this is a choice then. (laughs) How dare you? It's to indicate that she does not have her shit together. Okay. You know what? I want you to know that I rocked that half crimped, half curled look. Brittany, I specifically asked my mom, to braid my hair in multiple tiny braids so that my hair would look crimped. Because we didn't have a crimper. I, you know what? That works, though. I know. I mm-hmm. had a crimper, and one day I brushed my hair out after using the crimper, and I looked like Hermione Granger, and I was so happy about it. And mm-hmm. then um, one of my friend's friends walked by and punched me in the stomach in the hallway. <laughs> what the? <laughs> f- yeah. That was a weird day. I never did that to my hair again. <laughs> I also had a crimper. Did you? Yeah. It's very Lizzie McGuire of you. Yeah. Oh my God. There was a day that I showed up to gym class with straight, curly, and crimped hair. I felt like a god. <laughs> <laughs> so Betty says that she's going to be home for a couple days, but once she's finished at the academy, she's going to be home more. And Polly says that all of them have missed her, including Alice and the twins. And I'm like, do the twins even know her? <laughs> yeah. Like, the twins are like, so who are you? <laughs> like, how... How long has she even been, how long has she, like, how much has she been home in the past seven years? Right. You know, maybe just holidays, I guess. I mean, she promised Alice that she would be home for holidays. Like, she promised she would be home for every holiday. Like, I know things change as you get older, but, like, it still seems like, um, overall, she and Alice are on good terms. So, like, Mm -hmm. I don't see why that, like, she wouldn't come home for Christmas and, like, Thanksgiving and stuff. All right, you guys. So I have a reason to believe that FP is around. I would like to hear it. I don't know. I don't know what you guys can make of this. But when Betty walks into the kitchen in this scene, there is a blue flannel shirt on a chair. Oh. Tell me where this blue flannel shirt came from. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Whose shirt is that? It's, I think, personally, I think it's a very clear homage to FP. I don't know if it's something that, like, Alice has of FPs and she wears it. If he comes over and he just forgot it this time or whatever. I don't know. But there's a blue flannel shirt on a chair. I love that. Also, I saw people saying his picture is still in the fridge. Ooh, I gotta go back and look. Like, I don't think it's ever 
clear, but the right, right, same right. photo of like I think it's supposed to be FP or, mm. or like FP and Jughead is on the fridge from the Ice Storm episode. That is so cute. Yeah, that she left that up there. Yeah, I'm um, okay. So that definitely. That definitely said that they are not on bad terms. Yeah, no. that's it. Like, yeah. if he's on the fridge, they're still together. They're together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we did it, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I love the I love the flannel thing. I love that you found that. I'm like, hey, you can't fool me. Who you think I am? I'm not stupid. I'm looking. I'm watching. <laughs> I know what I'm looking for. Alice says that Polly has been working at the Roving Eye, and Betty talks about how it's, like, kind of sketchy and stuff, and she talks about it like we should know what it is, but I'm pretty sure it's new for us. I, I like, don't remember them ever talking about that. Yeah, I. we've never done that. Yeah. But she says that she waitresses a few nights a week, and she helps with the mortgage and pays for the twins, so Alice doesn't really care what she does, which seems kind of weird because later we learn that she's, like, either, like, I don't know, Betty accuses her of dealing drugs or prostituting herself, basically, and it feels like that's something that Alice would care about. Yeah. It looked like she was buying drugs to me when when Archie saw her. Right, I agree. Yeah, but she could have been selling. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that she doesn't have that job at the Roving Eye, so where's she getting her money? Exactly. Damn. Oh, Polly. Also, like, at at the end, we see that Polly is running from the murder truck, Mm -hmm. and, you know, Squeaky was hitchhiking, but what was Polly doing to get the the attention of the murder truck? Right, like, why was she out there? Yeah. Oh, Polly. Yeah, like... I think she's a dealer. I have an also I have another theory about that that I'm going to talk about later. Okay, I definitely think she's a dealer though. Okay. So Alice stands up for Polly and says that Betty can't just like come in and judge and everything and they keep like ragging on Betty for like I mean, I understand because Betty's being like what the heck are you doing, Polly? Come on, Polly and stuff. And it would be like I would understand Betty more if she had come in and been like, "Hey Polly, I'm worried about you." Like the thing I'm like I'm observing a lot of things and I'm really worried about it and I'd like to talk to you about it instead of being like Polly why are you messing up your life I know it's it it's comes from like Betty being like kind of like super privileged to have not been around Riverdale for the last seven years Mm -hmm. and like have got has gotten out and like had a pretty decent life aside from the whole kidnapping thing which um yeah Alice and Polly don't even acknowledge by the way Kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. The fact that Betty was gone, for, was stuck for two weeks. That Betty was straight up in, like, held hostage, hostage by a serial killer. Yeah. I'm betting right. we don't know that. Oh. 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 Maybe not. If yeah. it's, if it wasn't publicized. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But, like, so, anyway, the way that she's talking to Polly does, like, read very privileged sister who doesn't understand small town anymore. Yep. Right. So Tony brings in the paper and it's really cute because like the the doorbell rings or whatever. And Alice is like, oh, get that. It's Tony. And Buddy's like, you mean my friend from school? Alice is like, no, that's my friend now. Don't worry about it. That's my serpent Mm -hmm. friend. We're we're bros. Don't worry about it. The paper says local school counselor runs CD bar and snake dances. And I'm like, well, I mean, maybe that's true. And also a really great moment for No Context Riverdale. (laughs) Like, you're right, but you shouldn't say it. I think that this is a cute little moment for them to, like, share together since Alice uh, got exposed for being a serpent in the paper, too. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved... Oh, that was season two, too, right? Ugh, I love The dream. Um, because that that article is what spawned, like, her wearing that mm-hmm. um, orange outfit to thunder at the, like, at the Sodale thing because yep. Hiram's been working on Sodale for a billion years. Alice says that she will call every board member to do damage control about this, which is really nice. Because I'm like, what else is she doing? Because it seems like, she, like, Tony tells her to go on RIVW later, so she still works at RIVW, yeah. I guess. I think that's probably her, like, source of income while also yeah. being PTA and 
school board member. Right. Can you imagine having to document the complete, like, destruction of your town? Oh, that would be so sad. And you'd be so, powerless to stop it. And, like, you're yeah. probably doing everything you can to, like, expose it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Jughead is still struggling, and Archie thinks that he's staying at the Five Seasons because uh, he lied about it. He asks Jughead to write a speech about Pop, and Jughead says yes. Um, yeah. as a writer, I can say when someone asks you, you're like, oh, you're a writer, you can do this. It's like the most stressful thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, the stakes are high. Yeah, like, okay, I want to die now, but that's fine. <laughs> no pressure. Archie has Reggie come to see his, like, troublesome tenants, and Reggie's like, hmm, weird, like, I can't find any drug paraphernalia. Like, yeah, they're messy, but I don't know. I don't see anything illegal here. And I'm like, isn't, you know, drawing on the walls against the lease? Right. Exactly! Like, like even if they're not, like... Uh, breaking the law they are definitely breaking the lease they're Mm -hmm. damaged the property yeah like later kevin says that like in the bathroom there was like a lab for jingle jangle and i'm like then barchi have sex in the in the shower and i'm like there's no way like they're they're just sweeping up all the stuff and i'm like there's no way you've cleaned that bathroom yet (laughs) that shower looks too clean maybe to be honest maybe it wasn't that bathroom maybe it was the other bathroom maybe (laughs) i know i thought it was weird that kevin just said the bathroom and I'm like, which one is it, Kev? Like, it's a multi-bedroom house, Kev. It, it has more than one bathroom. Yeah. So Reggie obviously told the ghoulies to hide it ahead of time. Like I said, when we were watching the trailer for this episode, last episode of the pod, I don't know who this guy is, but he's not Malachi. And I wonder where Malachi is, because I last time I remember, I did he just go to jail? Like, where's the... I, ho- I, don't I hope he's he doing is. well. I hope he got better. Yeah. Sweet Malachi. Archie sees Polly, who looks all messed up. And you know what? I guess it's right next door. So you don't have to go very far to, to go <laughs> find drugs. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that bums me out so much. Jughead interviews Pop. And Pop basically says that he's really proud of him for his writing. And he always, like, knew he could do it. And he always had faith that Jughead was really talented and could do it. Pop probably read so much of his book over his shoulder. Yep. I bet he did. He really did, I bet. When FP was missing, I feel like Pop was the sort of fatherly comfort that Jughead didn't have. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Jughead says later in his speech that, like, Pop was part of the reason why Jughead made it through. And, like, without Pop, Jughead might not have been able to, like, do anything. Exactly. The debt collectors show up and he's like, hey, please cover for me. And I was wondering, is this because Cora called them or just because they know where he hangs out? Oh. I don't think it's been a week, right? No. Not yet. It's been, it's like, two been days. days. Yeah, so I don't think this is because of Cora, but I'm just wondering, like, how they would know to go here. Like, who told them that he was here because these are the same guys maybe they that came from new york maybe they read his friggin book maybe they read the book (laughs) (laughs) and figured out what what town it was in yeah well that's weird yeah because cora was like hey he's in la and they were like no (laughs) no 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 yeah so like i said i don't think this was cora because cora didn't know where he was going yeah and didn't like at the at the time when he got called away she was like gone already yeah I don't think Cora knew nor cared. Yeah. As long as he read the book. Exactly. This shot of him behind the bar is so dope. I Like, I talk about it every single time we see it, but I love it so much. I think it's so cool. You waited all episode for that shot. Yeah. Um, so the guys are like, hey, we're looking for Jughead Jones. And Tabitha, like, looks over at Pop and Pop's, like, with his eyes is like, don't rat him out. And Tabitha's like, okay, I won't. And then she looks back at these guys and says, don't know where he is. And I'm like, don't you think that they, like, you know, witness you guys having, like, an eye conversation? <laughs> Dude, right? I was like, how much more obvious can you be in this moment? <laughs> But I also really love this scene because they give Tabitha like two absolute bangers of lines. Absolutely. Oh my God. This is like one of my favorites. And they're like, yes. And and they're like, they're like, uh, hey, 
uh, if you needed a reason to like Tabitha, here you go. And we're, I'm like, thanks, I'll take it. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, I will take my crumbs. Yes, absolutely. I love her. Thank you. <laughs> immediately, immediately won my heart. So I guess these guys are just like giving out cards because he just keeps giving women his cards. They're like, <laughs> let us know. They're like, please call me about Jughead specifically. About Jughead. Not because I'm married. Not about anything else. I don't really want to discuss <laughs> last night's Bachelor yet. I haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so after they leave, Pop wants to help Jughead pay um, his debts, which is really sweet. Um, and Jughead refuses that money because he doesn't want to take his retirement money. And I think this is part of what, like, not only do we see Jughead and Tabitha kind of like becoming friends this episode, but I think there's a lot of things that Jughead does this episode in front of Tabitha that would endear him to her. Yeah. Um, so like saying, like obviously her grandfather cares for Jughead and then saying no I'm not going to take your money even though I obviously really really need it then he's like a pretty good worker and then you know he's doing that huge like big speech for Pop and everything he does a lot of nice things for her grandfather that I think would endear him to her that makes sense and at the end of the day like because he had that relationship with Pop I feel like that would make her trust him on that alone yeah Right. Yeah. So Tabitha will give him the job. And um, I always say that this show is basically just like the kids repeating their parents' um, lives over and over again. And of course, FP worked at Pops. And, you know, Hermione worked at Pops at the beginning, too. But Veronica ended up working at Pops, too, because she owned it. So, yeah, like, it's it's cool to see Jughead in that uniform. And I'm like, how come you don't have to wear the dumbass hat? Uh, how, how come you don't got to wear the hat, though? That hat was real dumb. <laughs> I'd like to see it, please. FP had to wear it? If your dad had to wear it, so do you. Yeah. It's called tradition. It's called- Jughead's like, listen, I'm very familiar with wearing a hat, and I just don't do that anymore. (laughs) Jughead wore a hat for so long, he now has an aversion to hats. He says, please, (laughs) my head has shrunk from wearing a hat too much in high school. That's why I had to take it off, and why I can no longer wear any other hats. Please, my hair, it's a mess. Please, my jug head. No. My, my head is shaped like a jug. I can't wear hats. No. <laughs> I hate you both. So Jughead's like, okay, yes, thank you for the job. Can you just like call them in like two days and just say that I have a job so that they'll get off my back? Um, I'll send them half of my weekly salary so that they won't kill me. And she's like, okay, sure. Yeah. Right? I, as much as he annoys me now, I don't want him dead. Right. Did he just forfeit all of the stuff in his apartment? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think so. Like, I think he brought whatever he needed, which was like, I don't know, that one big duffel bag he has, I guess, and left everything else. Yeah. How do you put a typewriter in a duffel bag? Unless he like put it in some sort of like storage, unless he put it in like some sort of storage facility or something. Or maybe that's going to be a plot point in which he like gets back to New York after he's like made some money and then finds that his like apartment's gone. And he's going to be like, what? All my stuff. And it's going to be like, Jughead, you saw all of the notices. Like, I don't know why you you're got surprised. Evicted. You should have done something with your stuff. <laughs> I'm like, you could have paid off your debts by selling some of that shit. Yes, yes. Not all of it, but some of it. Yeah. So we get to see Veronica and Reggie together. Oh, what could have been? R.I.P. Veggie. I wish Reggie was Veronica's husband in the time job. Same. I wish so hard. So Reggie still works at Mantle Motors. But then her life would be good and not toxic, so. Right. Yeah. Unless they were like, let's make it Reggie, but let's make him bad. No. And I'd be like, no, no, no. I'd be like, I don't believe you. I don't buy yeah, it. Yeah. That's not my boy. That's not my boy. So Reggie works at Mantle Motors as well. And it seems like he has a lot of jobs. <laughs> seems like he's busy. <laughs> like, Who is it I'm, in this town? Is he they're a- the only oh, the only people left in town are the named characters. So they're doing every yes. job. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. But like my thing is like, is Reggie his only employee now? Like Hiram's? No. Um, Keller, I think earlier says that he has a security, like security squad sort of thing. Mm. I can't remember the exact oh, word. Oh, okay. Used, but like. 
It's but it's like headed by Reggie. Imagine picking Reggie as your right hand man. You know what? He is dumb enough to be blindly loyal. Oh, well, man. clearly he like really um proved himself because he used to be friends with his like with Hiram's like enemies, right? So clearly he must have done something to to prove himself. I don't even want to think about what that was though. Yep, my poor son. My poor dumb son. He don't know no better. I, wa- I wanted to say that I was really impressed with the umbrella continuity. I don't think that they meant to like they were supposed to have umbrellas that day. Like if I were to guess, um they were like, "Here's where we're, we're shooting." And then it ended up raining that day and they were like, "Bring in the umbrellas." And it's it's very easy to get your umbrella like turned around so that the little like velcro-y little strap guy is on different places in the umbrella. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was always in the right place. And I was just really impressed. I was look, I was looking for the umbrella continuity and they did a good job. Because Lord knows this show can't do continuity. <laughs> I was just like, I was so impressed because like sometimes I will take, I, like when I have my umbrella open, I will put that little like hangy downy thing specifically in the back. And then I'll just go on walking down the street or whatever. And it will just like make its way to the front again. Yep. Just somehow, even though I didn't mean to do that. So I just wanted to say, way to go, you guys. (laughs) Good job. Good work. Veronica says she wants a car and she's going to pay in cash. And Reggie tells her to talk to Hiram to get help. Because Reggie seems to actually really think that Hiram's a good dude who would actually help her. And I'm just like, Reggie, you good? What? What what motivated him to do this? Like, what brainwashing yeah. has he gone through to make him think that Hiram is a good guy? Oh, my God. Like, it was what? A, no, yeah, it was a setup, guys. Oh, no. It was a freaking setup. Hiram told Reggie to do it so that he could have the big gotcha moment. Or not. Or Reggie... <sighs> guys, guys, guys. Okay, what? Reggie's father literally hit him. What if yeah. just because Hiram has been, like, <gasps> moderately oh. nice to him... In comparison, he thinks that, like, this is a good relationship to have. I thought you were going to say that he was, like, going to get revenge on all the crappy dads. And it was just a really long con so that he can destroy Hiram. I like that better. <laughs> I don't way think less true, sad. He's real dumb. No, he's real dumb. He can't think of that. I want him to, though. Oh, man. I feel sadness. So my next note is that, like, okay, so you're not going to sell her the car? <laughs> right. Like, if Marty's still working at Ma- Mantle Motors, which I hope he isn't because I hate I him. I hope he's dead. Um, he'd be really mad. <laughs> I hope he's dead too. Reggie just took over the family business because I- he likes cars. Yeah. Yeah. He does though. Yeah. Bella. <laughs> so Archie immediately goes to tell Betty that he saw Polly. Uh-huh. And Betty's like, okay, let's go punch some ghoulies because now they're messing with my sister. She's like, they done stepped into the wrong house. So it turns out that Archie specifically went with Reggie so that he could get a look around. He he didn't have any hope for that actually working out with Reggie, which makes me happy because yeah. the first time I watched it, I thought that he was like actually just trying to go through it legally and it just didn't work out for him and he was Same. disappointed. So it's nice to see that um, he actually had a plan that it wouldn't work out. And yeah, exactly. So he says that he sees about 12 ghoulies in the house and Sweet Pea's really excited for a rumble. Kevin is worried about Fangs getting hurt. And that's really sweet. And also like so true. He was shot in season two. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that. I love boyfriends. Yeah. So Archie's like, OK, we're not going to kill anybody, but let's break some bones. And everyone's like, yay, injuries. <laughs> Fun, a fight. So it's Archie, Betty, Sweet Pea, Fangs, Kevin, and Tom. And it's great. And this rumble is like one shot. It's very cool. It's so cool. I love it. Like this is such a like action movie thing to do. Yeah. I feel like the longest one I've seen is in Atomic Blonde. But like Mm -hmm. this one was great. 
Like, mm-hmm. it was so delightful, and it's, like, not something I expected from Riverdale. Yeah. So, uh, shout out to, to the director. My favorite part was Sweepy busting through the back window. Oh, so good. Sir, you're very tall, though. How do you expect to fit through there? I really enjoyed Betty just, like, just going to town on people. She came in fist yeah. flying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like swinging her FBI baton. Yeah. Um. So Kevin finds Jingle Jangle. There's a lab in the bathroom and basically they can arrest them now because they found a bunch of drug stuff. Mm-hmm. Betty calls the bar as Polly, but she doesn't work there anymore. He says that he ha- she hasn't worked there for over a year. So that's a long ass time that she wasn't working there. Yeah. And, and has been lying to Alice. That she's been lying. Yeah. Which is like, that definitely leads me to believe that she's... It, she's tricking or she's doing selling like selling drugs yeah i don't think mm-hmm. she's just hanging out with them no because she need she has to have a source of income yeah because especially if she's giving alice money yeah she supports two children and she pays for part of the mortgage like you gotta have bank for that oh right like she's getting yeah. it somewhere oh it just makes me so sad for her because like and for alice like i know polly had a really rough time in high school and onward yeah. but like it just makes me so sad for, like, their relationship. Mm-hmm. It makes me sad for their whole family because, obviously, like, this is, like, once again more trauma for Alice. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it's tragic for- Exactly. Now Polly's, like, dead? Like, yeah. Like, it's tragic for Polly, of course, I because don't... Polly's had an awful life, let's be real. I don't think she's mm-hmm. dead. I think the, the truck driver is taking taking girls. Mm-hmm. You don't think they're dead? No. Okay. And the motivation is for Alice and Betty to team up to find her? Yeah. Okay, I like that. I mean- could I be wrong? Yes. I Yes, that, that kind of goes into my theory at the end. Okay. So they go to school and Weatherby says that two more teachers went to Stonewall, Mr. Cedars and Miss Crouton. Not you, Miss Crouton. Damn it, Miss Crouton. Kevin clearly has beef with Miss Crouton. Like, <laughs> it's not it's not just, ugh, damn it, Miss Crouton. Then he, like, starts, like, <laughs> um, like insulting her. So, like, clearly he has beef with Miss Crouton. I don't know what class she, <laughs> she taught or <sighs> what, but Miss Crouton, watch your back. Homek. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Tony finds, or she has someone else find, Hiram's secret town hall agenda. Basically, he's trying to unincorporate the town so they lose, like, literally all of their money and all of their funding. Why would he want the death of Riverdale when he's the mayor? Just so he can like, step down? Money. Because he'll be the mayor of Sodale. Oh. Yeah. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe he can't be the mayor of both. Yeah. Right. And no one's going to know. He's so good at just hiding everything. Yeah. So Tony asks Alice to go on RVW and tell everyone his plan because they need the public to come and speak out against it. Mm-hmm. Archie says that he'll help with getting the teachers. And Alice says that they need to have, I, she says they have to have degrees. I think she means education degrees to work in a public school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to have a teaching degree. Mm-hmm. They could go private, but then they would lose even more funding. So they need an investor. So they're like, hmm, a plan is is blooming, blossoming. Who has money here? Blossoming. blossoming. <laughs> Smooth. I love it. So Veronica takes Reggie's advice and goes to Hiram. And she tells Hiram that she shot out the goon's tires who was following her, which I guess is what she used the gun for. I can't say I don't respect that. Yeah. And Hiram's like, ugh, young love. Hiram, are you, why are you reminiscent of this time? Like, this is gross. Like, why, ugh. He's like, ugh, a toxic young relationship. Ugh, I miss those days. No, like, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, okay, so you just love abuse. He's such a cretin. Ugh, he is such a cretin. So Veronica asks him to please talk to Chad because basically tell him all these things and he'll like listen to you. And he's like, and Hiram's like, no, heart emoji. "Mm." 
she so like she's like he's like are you specifically asking me for help and she's like yes and he's like mm, no then because of that one time that you called me a dog when i asked for help and i think that's interesting because now she keeps talking about being a wolf mm-hmm. yeah the she wolf um, of wall street he's making me laugh yeah <laughs> So I feel like Veronica should be like, oh, that was that was Hermosa's idea. That wasn't even my idea. <laughs> Come on, please. Technically, like, I didn't even plan it. I was just told. But Hiram's like, no, do it yourself. <laughs> so we go back to the Cooper house and oh, I am absolutely thrilled. Look at those little eight-year-olds. So small. Robin so Ginger. Robin just wanted to see the kids the entire time. Oh, I was like, they better not be babies. <laughs> like ev- everyone else. What if they were still babies? Everyone else was like, <laughs> had aged seven years and they were still babies. Because it's only 2021. Wait, the kids are like, <laughs> it's 2021. The kids are like, I was born in 2019. Don't ask me. <laughs> Guys, do you want to talk about me. that one time that the twins were like thrown in a fire and levitated and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And, and now they're like, hey. And we were just never told why. Wasn't that like, a, I have to. Wasn't, wasn't that supposedly like an illusion? But like, why did no one really explain it? It's Riverdale. I'm going to send you guys a picture that I found on Instagram of Tierra, who plays Polly, with the two little a- actor- actors who-, who play Dagwood and Juniper. They are so cute. Oh. Oh, they are so precious. They're adorable. Like, we don't get a whole lot. We, like, we don't get to see their faces very much. They're kind of just, like, sitting in the background. But they are so sweet. I love them. They are precious. Oh, my goodness. They're little gingers. Oh, they're little gingers. Oh, I love them. They were like, this is the exact age of kid that is, like, my favorite. I like the, the exact age of kid that I work with, and um, I just love that. Robin loves hanging out with kids. She's a big kid. It's, like, specifically, like, I want to say, like, 7 to, like, 12. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I love those kids. They're the best. They're so funny. <laughs> They're way funnier than any other human beings. They say such funny things. Yeah. You guys, I have to tell, can I tell an anecdote? It's my favorite thing that one of my kids has ever said. Oh my God, yes, please, please. Here, like you guys have already heard this story. Yes. But it was so funny. So like, basically I have this one kid, he's like seven years old and he's just constantly talking about poop and farts and barf and just like all those things. And, but it doesn't have any nuance, like the way we tell those jokes, you know, like it's <laughs> funny because we put nuance toward it, but his thing is like just saying the word is the joke. And so it's just not as funny because I'm like, all right, we don't need to hear about it. Okay. It's like, come on, tell a real joke, bud. Right. <laughs> um, but like, he's just constantly talking about barf. And so one of the other kids, like we were giving them snack and we were giving them broccoli and he goes, "Ugh, if I eat this broccoli, I'm going to barf. And the other kid turns to him and goes, so why don't you? <laughs> then so barf do then. it, Travis. Do it. <laughs> Just do it. I dare you. Barf right now. <laughs> Why don't you? It was the funniest thing ever. I actually laughed out loud. It was so funny. And that has become a meme at our house. So why don't you? Yeah. So why don't you? So why don't you? <laughs> so barf then. Just stop threatening it. <laughs> don't threaten me anyway, with a good time. I love these kids and I want more of them, please. I hope they're okay, like health-wise and genetics-wise, because they were... <gasps> They're inbred. Born out of a little bit of incest. At Um, least it was distant incest. Like, it wasn't like... Yeah. It wasn't like they were, like, first cousins. Yeah, I think they're, like, great cousins or second cousins or something like that, right? Oh, yeah. Or maybe... And like third cousin, like they weren't siblings, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I wonder if one of them will die, like the curse, like because no. like there was a thing about Clifford and Claudius, and then Cheryl and Jason, and just like blossom, uh, blossom twins. Why would you? Why would it's you like put that thing. on my tiny little yeah, baby? I, I prefer to not. Listen, it might be later. It'll probably be later. They have to be older. I probably. I don't know. I don't want this for them. They're gonna break the curse. I also want to know if they have nicknames. 
like Juniper, probably Junie, uh-huh. June. But like, what what you call Dagwood? What you call him? Woody? No, <laughs> please don't. Dag. I want to know. Daggy. Doug. No. Doug. I don't know. Just Doug. That's worse than Glenn. It's just Doug. So Alice tells talks to Polly about Pop's retirement party, and she says that she doesn't, she can't go because she has to work. Alice basically just lets Polly walk all over her, and I don't like that. It makes me sad. She's literally like. She's like, oh, come on, please. It's a retirement party. Like, can't you get the time off? Because I think that Alice knows that Polly isn't working at the Roving Eye. Yeah. Yeah. She's just letting her do whatever. And so she's like, can you get the time off? And Polly's like, oh, my God, mom, no. And Alice is like, okay. You know, like, Betty's like, come on, Polly. Don't talk to mom like that. And Alice is like, no, Polly. No, Betty, it's fine. Yep, Polly can't come. Because what if Polly runs? Polly's so, uh, Alice is so scared of Polly leaving again. And she's yeah, probably yeah. had this fight with Polly so many times. And Polly's probably, like, left for days at a time. And I mean... Oh, you guys, do you think that Alice is going to blame Betty for, like, Polly just, like, not returning? Like, they're just going to... Like, they're not going to look for her for a while because they're just going to assume that she's, like, off yonder. No, um, it's in the next episode description there that they look for her. Okay, good. I did my... I, but I definitely think that Alice is going to blame Betty for this. Well, one. like she definitely says it's her fault like in yeah. uh, later in the episode, but like mm-hmm. I th- I hope she'll come back around to being like yeah. just on the same side cuz I love when Betty and Alice are on the same side cuz it's so much more fun for me. Yeah. My whole thing is like I understand Alice being afraid of her leaving again, but at the same time Alice did kind of I mean So why don't you? <laughs> I hate to say it, but like Alice did abuse Polly. Like she locked her in the Sisters yeah. of Quiet Mercy. Oh, sure. Knowing what they did to people and punished her for getting pregnant. Like Alice is has definitely made some decisions. Yeah. Polly's like, "Oh my god, Betty, it's none of your business." And Betty's like, "It is my business because I care about you." I agree that Betty is being really judgy about it, but I also agree that it's definitely her business. I feel like I I totally agree. Betty's going about it the wrong way, but it is like up to her to say something because Alice isn't. Yeah. Yes. I also wanted to say, because we were talking about the, about how Alice was kind of terrible in season one. Right. I think that that's part of why I'm so sad for their relationship is because Alice probably Mm -hmm. feels responsible for Polly's like general state of being at this time right so that's probably why she's working so hard to like protect the kids Mm -hmm. because like she caused trauma so she wants to like wants to fix it Mm -hmm. and make up for it in the only way she knows how which is taking taking care of the kid it's like i bet tony comes to see the kids sometimes which is nice because tony and cheryl really helped raise them i hope that cheryl sometimes gets to see them because i know how important it was for her to like see you know uh, what part of jason still exists and is alive you know oh i hope that that like comes back yeah but polly's like you don't even live here betty and i'm like okay she's still your sister though like i don't i don't live with my sister but i She's still my sister. Like, I still have to care about her. Right. Exactly. Hey, Brittany, you're literally coming home and your sister lives with your mom. Uh-huh. And you're coming home. Uh-huh. And your sister has a baby. So true. How do you feel about it? I feel like I'm super jealous that she lives with my mom. Are you going to join the FBI? I'm not going to. Oh. Okay. I'm mostly right. just proud of her. And I think that she's doing a really good job as a person. I agree. Sounds like your relationship is better than Betty's and Polly's. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think I've never like had my sister like call me or like institutionalized. Right, right, right. And, like, call me and pretend to be a serial killer and stuff. So, like, I think we're good. You know? 
Right. Yeah. Oh, so true. So true, queen. <laughs> and then, like, also drug you and pretend to be you. Mm. Yeah. Confuse you. Yeah, never did that. She never wore a wig trying to be me. Really, I really appreciate that about her. Yeah. <laughs> um. So she tells Betty not to tell her how to live her life. And I'm like, why are we having this argument in front of the kids, though? Don't tell me how to... I'm just trying to play in my life, Alice. Yeah. <laughs> Jughead is actually writing, but it's about pop. And Sam calls again, and Jughead, since he wrote something, sends it to him. Yeah, once again, he has Wi-Fi. I cannot believe this. Um, and I don't... I, I looked at his... They, there was a um, shot of his uh, computer screen. Okay. And I looked at it, and I don't know why they liked this. <laughs> I know, right? It's like a weird... Like, it's... It does not read as fiction. No. I don't really understand why the publishers were like, yes, this is good. Get, keep, you can keep the advantage. I think like, yeah, because it one. was weird. Yeah. Like it was something totally different and weird and unique. And like they probably hadn't seen anything like that before. It's just like, hey, is this like a retirement party speech? What? Right. What's the bigger narrative around it? But that's the second part. Um, but before we go into part three, uh, I want to tell you about Patreon. Oh, okay, you can. Okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Um, if we are some of your favorite creators, that would be really cool of you. Um, our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados, and it is a monthly donation. If you do $1 or more, you get early access to all of our podcasts. Most of them are like a whole week in advance, but this one is just a day because it is a weekly podcast. Um, but a lot of people think that it's worth it for that. And um, uh, if you do $5 or more, you get 10% uh, off at shoppylux.com, which is where me and Brittany sell some stuff. Brittany sells stickers and resin art, and she did a drawing of the snake parents kiss, and you can buy that now as a sticker or a print, so you're definitely going to want to check that out. Thanks, Bobbin. Um, and I do fandom embroidery, so I have the core four Shoney and Snake Parents available, but I do um, customs too. So if you're like, yeah, this season one Jughead is okay, but can I have Serpent Jughead can or <laughs> Pops Jughead or something like that? You know, can I get Funky Little Mustache Jughead? <laughs> no, I decline. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm literally ordering that now. But um, I also do quotes and stuff too. So literally whatever you want, I can I can make it happen. Um, so. Feel free to check that out. You get, like I said, 10% off um, all the time if you do $5 or more on our Patreon. And I also have some ideas for some new perks to do. So if you join our Patreon, you'll be able to like vote on that. Yeah. I hope you do. Um, if you can't do Shopilux or um, Patreon, that's totally okay. Next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. So even if uh, your friend doesn't watch Riverdale, they can always listen to Riverdale. We have a lot of people who just listen to the podcast, actually. And we also have four other podcasts that we'll tell you about in the outro. So I guarantee that you will have a friend who likes at least one of the shows that we cover. Because to be honest, they're... They're varied they're and show. delightful. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, now we're going to move on to the last part, which Sam, of course, wanted to... <laughs> wanted to cover in her summary. <laughs> Gee, why would she do that? Betty and Archie work on cleaning up Archie's house after ridding it of the ghoulies. Archie suggests that they hang out with the OG core four up after Pop's retirement party, and Betty says, sure, that sounds like fun. And then he's like, yo, you want some pizza, pretty lady? And she's like, yeah, sounds delicious, bro. They realize that they should both really shower first, and being good environmentalists, they decide to keep up the effort to save Riverdale by conserving water and showering together. After their steamy shower scene, Betty and Archie discuss the giant step they just took, and Betty tells Archie it's something they've wanted to do since high school, and he totally agrees. They also agree that 
they're just two friends having a good time. And then they decide to keep it to themselves while they're at it. Uh, from the smiles on their faces, this is far from the last time that this is going to happen. At Pop's retirement party, Archie gifts Pop with a Riverdale High Letterman jacket. Pop shares how much it means to him to receive something like that, given that he had to drop out of high school to take over when his Pop, the original Pop Tate, passed away. Jughead gives a speech and talks about how Pop created a special place with the chocolate shop, giving everyone a lighthouse in the storm. He speaks about what a wonderful and multifaceted man Pop is, and he thanks Pop for giving them all a home. Everyone toasts with their milkshakes. After the party, Tony and Cheryl share a booth, and Tony asks if she's considered funding Riverdale High's new teachers. She tells her that it's the only thing that might save the school. Cheryl says that she doesn't want to get involved in small-town politics again. She feels as though it will become another good thing that she tries to do that becomes twisted and corrupted once it's beyond her control. Tony asks her to do it for her for the love they once had, and Cheryl reconsiders. Back at Riverdale High, the core four are hanging out in the old students' lounge when Archie approaches his friends with a proposal. He tells them that he has a plan to stop Hiram from completely steamrolling the town. They all become teachers. Everyone laughs at first, but he makes a really good pitch for it. Betty agrees first, and she says Quantico can wait, and she needs to be here for her family anyway. Jug agrees next, and finally so does Veronica, deciding that Chad can deal with her having to commute because this is more important. The next day at the town at the combination town hall school board meeting, <laughs> Tony makes her move against Hiram. She states that the purpose of a school board is to provide equity for all students, and now they can do that thanks to Cheryl's donation. They can become a private school. Riverdale will still remain tuition-free, and they've added several fancy alumni to their teaching roster. She announces the Core Four's new employment and says that Riverdale is not putting up with Hiram's destruction anymore. Hiram proposes to unincorporate Riverdale and somehow wins with an unclear majority. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so technically, Rivers, Riverdale has ceased to exist, uh, but life goes on anyway. He's literally, sorry, he's literally like, majority wins, and I'm like, I'm like, did majority? you even count? I was Where? like, that's the same amount of people. Okay, I guess. Did you get one, two, all right, sure, whatever. Well, where? <laughs> like, is it just the school board? Then why are we all, why is everyone else voting? Exactly. <laughs> While working at Pops, Jughead gets a call from his agent telling him that he keep going with the pitch he sent because the publishing company demands that that be his next book. Uh, a story about the lives of the people of Riverdale, essentially, and he has to do it. That won't backfire, for sure. Betty gets home and tells Alice that she's worried about Polly because she's still out. Alice has gotten used to Polly doing this over the last seven years, but she blames Betty for cornering Polly about her job for this latest disappearance. Veronica has a Zoom date with her stupid husband, and she tells him that... <laughs> She's staying in Riverdale to teach. He says that that's stupid, and she tells him he's stupid for thinking that she wouldn't figure out that he's the one that froze their credit cards, especially since most of their money came from her. I love that Hiram is like, she's like, Dad, will you tell him all the things? And he's like, no, do it yourself. And she's like, damn, I will. <laughs> all right. Bet. bet. Then I will. <laughs> She gives him 30 minutes to unfreeze their credit cards and tells him to stop having her followed or she'll come back to Wall Street and destroy him herself. Archie and Betty text about being worried about Polly when Archie hears a knock at the door. It's Jughead asking for a place to stay and Archie invites him in without hesitation. Betty calls Polly to apologize getting and gets the voicemail. She begs her to come home and we see Polly running for her life from the evil ghost truck. The end. No, oh, Polly. Poor Polly. You know, the evil ghost truck. I I typed initially, I typed evil Mac truck, and I was like, no, evil ghost truck. Mm -hmm. Big Mac truck. So, Barchi clean Archie's house, and I, yo, this is so much work. So yeah. much. Like, they need For, to- like, two people- they, this will take them several days and weeks. Yeah, like Archie's like, Betty, you don't have to help me. And I'm like, bro, how long are you planning on doing this for? Like, Sweepy literally went through the back window. Like, he's going to have to, like, 
repair so many things and like repaint the entire house i'm here for riverdale's new renovation show on hgtv yeah (laughs) i and like jughead's like hey archie can i stay with you and archie's like actually uh I don't have any beds. There's broken glass on every floor, but yeah, come There's on in. There's bed bugs everywhere, actually. There's drugs on the floor. There's drugs! <laughs> like, I know that we're standing, like, in Archie's house, but it's, like, in such disrepair that I'm like, can you stay here, actually, right now? Like, you're probably better off staying at the El Royale at least for a couple more nights while you do this. That's a good <laughs> point. I mean, whatever room he and Betty were in after the shower, which looks like Archie's old bedroom. Oh, true. Has a couch in it, at least, and, like, carpet, so. Oh, God. Like, and, and, like. It's not completely trashed. Sure, if you had regular tenants, but like, God, that's probably like, uh, like so disgusting. Like, I know that, um, yeah, like I know that jing- Jingle Jangle is like what kind of it's like ingested, right? Yeah. But like, I just like I know I know that you don't smoke it, but like if like you could smoke it, like I just can't imagine how like filled with that sort of like gross air. Yeah, <laughs> that coach would be, you know. I just think Archie needs all new (laughs) furniture. Oh, for sure. So I guess Archie is staying at this house again. And so whichever address he ended up giving to Jackson is fine. Yeah. (laughs) Whichever one it ended up being. Like he he knew he was going to, he knew he was going to get it back one way or the other. Um, so Betty says that she'd rather do this than be at her house. Um, Archie asks if they can hang out um, just the core four after the party. And I just like Archie is so sweet this episode. Like I just I love him so much. And I am so happy that they changed Archie in season four to be yep. like the Archie that we always like felt and saw in the comics. An endearing himbo. Like before he mm-hmm. was just annoying and now he's endearing. Yes, exactly. He was so annoying before. He was so self-centered. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? We should hang out just the four of us because we haven't done that yet. And I'm like, okay, bye, Tony. (laughs) Like, let's exclude Tony. Y'all did hang out, but Tony was there. And so Archie's like, can we all hang out? But like, not with Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Not for like, because that's what it felt. Official business about saving the school and then has official business about saving the school at his exclusive hang. Mm -hmm. So Archie's going to order a pizza and they're like, okay, well, we both need to shower. We should probably do it separately or not. The the way they look at each other is so good. They're just like, well, <laughs> no, you're right. It's like they're looking at each other and they're like, oh, yeah. Hmm. Well, are we on the same page here? And then they're like, yup. Yup. So we have this explicit shower scene. And I would say that it is just as explicit as Shoni's sex scene. Mm-hmm. Um, like we all know which one we're talking about. And you know what? It's n- <laughs> it's weird. This note is weird because it says it's nice to see a straight couple get the same treatment. But what I mean by that <laughs> is that Shoni's scene was so explicit because they were being fetishized. And I think that that's true. Yeah. yeah. Like at the time, it certainly felt like they were being fetishized. So it's good to yeah. see them treating straight couples the same way and not like sanitizing the straight scenes and like fetishizing the gay scenes. Right. Exactly. But I'm also like, can we all get the same treatment as in like, we don't do this and we all just get the normal ones that we usually do? I mean, meanwhile, I'm here like, yes, I uh, <laughs> thank you for this Barchi content. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, good. We should see more. We Like everybody should be on even playing field. But for me, I'm just like, yeah, but let's take it down a fl- the playing field. And meanwhile, now that I'm like, now that they're 25, I'm like, mm-hmm. I can feel comfortable watching this instead of icky. Yep. <laughs> but-, but wasn't this shower just a drug lab? Like, how many ghoulies have had sex in that shower? <gasps> well, it's a shower, so it's clean. Oh, she's right. But but the ghoulies make a mess of everything but the bathroom. Like, <laughs> here, this is what I... Yeah, they're like, oh, please, we have to draw a line. Well... 
I don't know. That's what I see. They're just like, listen, George, we keep the bathroom clean, okay? We draw the line at the bathroom. <laughs> I love that. Um, I I will say, like, in terms of, like, sex scenes on TV, the Barchi scene didn't, like, make me cringe. Yeah, I liked that they went, like, all in. Like, they weren't trying to, like, they weren't trying to sanitize it or, like, go, like, weird with it. It felt mm-hmm. very organic for Betty and Archie. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's also a testament to Lily and KJ. Um, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I really like that it was not like a big thing that they like built up to with like slow, anxious, romantic tension. Because like after mm-hmm. all this time, of course, Betty and Archie would just be like, you know what? It's t- it's time. Finally. Like, we, we've we spent so long stressing about this. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then do it several more times next week. Yeah. But they're both happy about it because they really wanted to do it since high school. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is just the fling that Veronica was talking about. But I'm hoping that it lasts longer, personally. I'm hoping that it turns into more. But I'm really enjoying, like, seeing them both just have fun in a relationship mm-hmm. and not be so, like, stressed about it all the time. I am really excited for the drama, including... Glenn though oh yeah oh Glenn like one day Glenn's gonna come to like pick her up or something and it's gonna be like what's happening here like Glenn uh, I know you are you are quite handsome and you are I'm sure a a decent FBI uh friend with benefits I'm sorry (laughs) that you wanted more um she's in love with her high school best friend like I, I don't know what to tell you I do have to say I have been incredibly endeared to Glenn only in like the two scenes that he was in just because last episode you were talking about how like Glenn is like holding a torch for Betty that she like only half holds for him Mm -hmm. and I'm just like oh Glenn (laughs) (laughs) it's so hard to be Glenn someone tell Betty from 10th grade that this just happened because I think she would be pumped about it for her she would be so excited (laughs) god if Mm -hmm. if 10th grade Betty got to read this diary entry uh oh she freaked out (laughs) she'd be like what she'd be like oh good for me Yep. So they're like, we're still just friends and let's keep it a secret. No one else needs to know. I like that. Like, hey, we're adults. We can keep it a secret. I like that Betty's the one that says we're just friends and Archie's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. 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 Right. 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 And then, yeah. Betty's just always like pushing these dudes off to the side. I love that for her. (laughs) When you're in the friend zone and the bone zone. Yeah. (laughs) The friend zone and the bone zone. (laughs) But I also like that Archie is the one who's like, hey, can we keep it a secret? So, like, mm-hmm. they both asked for something and they both were, like, on the same page about it. So, it, it seems like they're both, like, exhibiting really healthy communication at this point, which uh, brings me joy. Agreed. Yeah, especially because, like, last time they were supposed to keep it a secret, it was, like, a whole thing because they were both in relationships and everything. Right. And so, like, Betty Betty brings up Veronica and Jughead and everything, but I really appreciate the fact that they're like, yeah, we can keep this a secret because it's not like I have to, like, go turn around and tell my best friend or tell my boyfriend. I don't even know these people. Exactly. It's been seven years since I've even talked to them. Why should I tell them that? Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> and like they're they're just happy and having fun and it's not like a a, a deeply angsty thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Which I like. Yeah. I like to see them happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me at all my TV shows. <laughs> so Archie gifts Pop a Letterman jacket with his name on it and it's a really, really sweet gift. And uh, later when he, like earlier when he was talking to Jughead about like doing the speech and everything, he was like, I already have an idea for the gift. So like Archie came up with the gift all by himself. He's such a good boy. So such cute. a good gift. And Papa's so, so happy. <laughs> Mr. Weatherby, Miss Bell, Sweet Pea, and Fangs are here in one shot. And then Alice, Betty, Keller, Veronica, and Kevin are in another shot. 
And then we also get Tony in the wide shots, but not in any close-up shots. So I think that it was probably her body double or something because she couldn't come come that day or mm. something. Because the only time that we see her not at the booth with Cheryl is like her uh like behind her, um, like the back of her head. Mm-hmm. So I think it probably was her body double because it's like at first I thought that she straight up just wasn't here because we never saw any like shots of her medium shots of her. Yeah. Sweepy has a new tattoo, just like a lot of people do, apparently. And it's on his arm and it says something don't shed their skin. His arms are crossed so you can't see it. It's snakes don't shed their skin. But yes, they do. Oh, yeah, they totally do. Oh, yeah, that's kind of like something that snakes actually do. I know, but it's like (laughs) so (laughs) I can't because. okay, so. Uh, this is meaningful because <laughs> FP, one of FP's first things he ever said to Alice was, snakes don't shed their skin so easily. You need to finish, <laughs> you need to finish the quote, Sweet Pea, um, or else it's just a f- really false claim. <laughs> like straight up, <laughs> the person who tattooed this on him was like, is this guy stupid? <laughs> maybe, maybe it says serpents don't shed their skin. Maybe, that w- I guess. I don't know. I'm just like, oh god. Because then it's then it's more specific. Like it's still wrong, but it's more specific because it's about the serpents and not just right. snakes in general. But but serpents don't shed their skin. Like I, I've never heard like that. That's not one of their laws or anything. Like they they do be shedding skin. You know, that's just like yeah. I don't know. I'm like, oh god, sweepy. If it's snakes or serpents or whatever, you look dumb as hell. <laughs> um, listen. Why does he not look dumb as hell? He, How long have you had that tattoo? And why didn't anyone stop? He you? went to him school okay yeah oh so true leave him be oh tabitha and jughead and archie are also here but they're like kind of up at the front Mm -hmm. noted missing cheryl i couldn't see her in the wide shots but obviously she's in the booth with tony later and says that she did come i don't know exactly where she was standing for the um speech or anything it's probably that they can only have so many people in the room to right. filming right now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Polly, who said that she wasn't coming. And then Reggie, of course. Reggie, the betrayer. Yeah. And then like Hiram and who- whoever else. But yeah, noted missing. Hiram wasn't invited. You know that. Polly and Reggie. Yeah. Pop says that he had to drop out of school to take over this place. And his father was the original Pop. So Jughead's speech. Uh, I took a picture of what he wrote and his the speech that he says out loud is mostly like the first paragraph Mm -hmm. there's a couple of sentences that he kind of misses like in this original script that he wrote um but i'm really impressed with him for memorizing it nice the other stuff that he has written here includes here here's the second um paragraph of his speech that he wrote thank you for the late night writing sessions and the endless coffee pours you were our family when ours turned against us or when they passed on which you know for a fact that that would be at Veronica and then at, at Archie. Archie. Or even at um, Betty because or they're- And even at Betty because of Hal turning against yeah, them yeah. and then dying. You will always mean so much to us. And the space you created here in this diner will live on for years to come. It'll be around for future generations to have the same magical experiences that we had and we'll always return. To relive our youth and to feel nostalgic for the Riverdale that we used to know. The Riverdale that wasn't so tragic, but that was actually pretty similar to its idyllic, delicious diner. I believe that you maintain that Riverdale here. The spirit of the town is in you, and so is its soul. We're sad to see you go, but we thank you for sticking around this long. Don't be a stranger, Pop. That's really good, actually. It is really good. I... I know that we didn't have time to say the whole thing, but I'm like... I feel like that's even better than like... Excuse me, I liked the second half. <laughs> there were important lines in there. I was like, I liked the second half better than the first Yeah. Half. The second half is so much more personalized and meaningful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, 
we didn't need Pop as a chef and a dad and a granddad. Sick, yeah. like, uh, exactly. Okay, yeah. So that's another thing that we talked about last episode is that we, we thought that Tabitha was his niece or his granddaughter or whatever. I still think it's weird that we never heard about Pop's, like, wife that he apparently had. and a I feel like she probably is dead. Yeah, and, like, a kid that he apparently had before that kid had Tabitha. Like, it's just a lot of, like, a long line of Pops to get to Tabitha, yep. apparently. <laughs> But yeah, like I said, uh, Jughead said that Pop was a big reason as to why he even made it through like his life so far, which is really sweet. It's a really, this is really nice. Mm-hmm. Tony talks to Cheryl about her considering helping fund the school. And Cheryl's like, listen, I came here to celebrate Pop. I can hardly afford renovations anyway. And then Tony's like, oh, well, you can atone for your for your sins. Cheryl says that it'll just end up corrupted. And Tony asks her to do it for her, and so she does it. Yeah. I I think the wording in this scene is weird because, like, yes. it doesn't make sense to me. I feel like she's she means emotionally afford the... Yeah, okay, sure. Renovations at Thorn- Thornhill? Because, like, that yeah. doesn't make any sense to me as to, like, where her money would have gone in the meantime, I guess. Right. Unless the maple business is just completely flopped. Like, it really, it reads as romantic at first, but then when I, like, looked at what she's actually saying, it's like, you know, she says she can't afford her renovations, whatever that means, and now it's like, please give us money or our relationship meant nothing to you, you know? So it's kind of like either, you know, it's just like an either or that, like, I don't really love, and I so I wish it was written differently. Yeah, I definitely think the wording could have been better. Like, I can... Yeah. I definitely still kind of interpret it as like her trying to connect with Cheryl and like yeah. trying to remind her that like she still loves her mm-hmm. kind of, but it it definitely does play weird and like they should have reworded it. Yeah. Cause it's either like, okay, you don't give us money. And then I think that you hated me forever and our relationship never meant anything to you, even though it was years and you said that you loved me or you give us money and then we're, and you can't afford your life and then we're good. You know, it's like, yeah, we need a happy. It either reads here. as like manipulative on one end or the other. And it's just, yeah, it doesn't, sit right um when i don't i don't i don't think that's what they're because like i don't think that's what they're trying to do in the scene exactly like, the words just don't come out right yeah like i don't take this manipulation as canon you know right i don't i don't think that that's what they meant to do and so yeah i think it's chill. like whatever madeline and vanessa did in the scene doesn't play like manipulation but like the words right. do on paper yeah their acting doesn't necessarily say what the script is exactly saying. so archie goes to talk to the core four and asks them if they'll be the new teachers. And it's a reason to stay. It gives everybody a reason to stay in Riverdale because they still have the school. Archie's going to be RROTC. And Veronica and Jughead say that they have better things to do, <laughs> basically. Betty's like, I don't. But Archie says that Veronica... <laughs> yeah, Betty's like, I'll stay here with Archie if you're staying here. <laughs> basically, Archie says, Veronica, you can commute. And Jughead, you're better at writing here anyway. And they're like, all right. It's like, you're not wrong. You got me there. <laughs> He says it'll only be a month or two and then like whether we will just replace them. So then we'll, they'll be good to go. And I'm like, okay, we'll see. Yeah. But like how long, like, okay, but what happens next season? You know? Exactly. How are they going to get them to stay for longer? Well, they're going to, they're going to, are we going to have another time jump? No. Well, they're going to have fallen in love with their jobs. Right. Oh, true. Sure. And helping people and like the mysteries of Riverdale can't pull them away. So Betty's like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, Cause she wants to be here for her family as well. And then Veronica and Joker are like, Jughead are like, oh, well, if Betty's in, sure. Well, yeah, I bet he's going to do it. So then they all call bulldogs forever. It's so like, ah, weak. I don't know if we needed this part. <laughs> it's so weak. Who directed that? Yeah. Like, this is the same person that directed the um the single shot in the fight scene? Yeah. Bulldogs forever. Some more effort here, you guys. Put in the work. 
So they go to the school board vote, um, and basically they start with voting on Riverdale High. Tony makes her speech talking about reaching equity, and now with Cheryl's donation, they can. Um, then we get a shot of Cheryl, and she like still wears that like funeral little like mesh hat thing. And I'm like, I don't know why we're doing that, but uh, she's in. Also, her shirt is not good. She's in mourning for like her entire life. I'm in mourning for that shirt. Uh, <laughs> it was very bad. Didn't like it at all. I thought it was a dress. Like I don't think that makes it much better. But either way, I don't like it. If it was on, if it was on the Drag Race runway, I'd be like, no. <laughs> Robin gave it a boot. I mean, you know, it it was pink. So if Trixie was wearing it, I'd be like, go off, Queen. Yep. Anyone else? No. So they're gonna be a private school it's going to be tuition free and Hiram looks over at Alice who's just like pumped as heck which I loved uh because Majin she's so smug I love it Majin's so good at her face journeys in every episode iconic she's hysterical mm-hmm. she eats up the background uh, she's a queen yep. like I said earlier I thought that Alice was on the PTA and not the board but maybe she's doing both I don't know she's an icon she's she contains Tony, multitudes. Tony calls out by name Sergeant R.G. Andrews, FBI trainee and Yale graduate Betty Cooper, businesswoman and Barnard grad Veronica Gecko, and acclaimed author Forsyth Jones III. It sounds really cool when you lay it out like that. Yeah. Like, wow, they really did do that. That's dope. I love it. Did did Jughead graduate? That. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she didn't say, and uh, state of Iowa graduate. And also, Veronica's last name is now Gecko. So, um, first of all, his name is Chad Gecko. Chadwick Gecko was his name. That's a bad name. The K sound and the G sound don't go well together. No. Like, Chadwick Gecko is really bad, and so is Veronica Gecko. Like, it's just, like, Gecko is fine by itself, but when you have to start going K-G at the same time, it's hard. Yeah. Veronica Gecko is really hard to say. And I would under, like, it's just like the freaking Glenn thing from last episode. Like, it's okay if, like, she happens to marry a guy whose last name is Gecko. Like, live with it then. Whatever. But this is a TV show. You get to pick what his last name is. Exactly. Pick something that's easy to say. I don't understand. (laughs) You get to pick. You get to pick. This was a choice. And you named him Glenn. This was a choice and you made this choice. Like, anything. So many things would be better. I don't know. I just... Come on. Come on. You get to pick anything. Mm-hmm. Ms. Gecko is her name. Gecko is fine. Geckos were my school mascot in elementary school. I'm fine with geckos. I'm just having a hard time with having to say Veronica Gecko. It's hard and you could have picked anything. Like the last name Gecko is a great last name. Yeah. It's just, yeah, the the sound of them together is bad, but like both names separate, fine. Mm-hmm. In the preview images for the next episode, her desk plate says Miss Gecko and not Mrs. Gecko. Oh, yeah. Which I think is odd. Oh, not even, it's not Ms. It's Miss? Yeah. Well, M.S. Ms. But not. Oh, yeah, Ms. But not Mrs. But not Mrs. Right. Which I think is odd since you took your husband's last name. Right. Like, I can't tell if that's a, well, we're using Ms. We're always using Ms. Because Miss and Mrs. is like a misogynist way of, you know, or whatever. Like, why is my name changed? Why is my title changed whether or not I'm married or whatever? Mm -hmm. Or is it because you're denouncing your husband? (laughs) Right. I think it's the second one. Yeah. (laughs) Spicy. I would like for it to be the second one. So Hiram's like, I'm hoping that this is my last motion as mayor. I'd like to unincorporate the town. And I'm like, okay, so you're just losing your job? Right. Like, okay. So two members of the board are opposed, Alice and then some other guy. 
and then a bunch of people in the crowd. And then in favor is everyone else, including Reggie. Reggie, um, fool. So it's unincorporated. Lame. So Riverdale doesn't exist anymore. Nope. Like, is it, the is the goal to incorporate it again or no? I think it can be reincorporated. Yeah, it can be reincorporated okay. for sure. So Jughead's working at Pops and his agent calls and they love his old guy story. His old guy? Um, so write all about that small town guy. And Jughead's like, listen, my friends already hate me. Like, I don't want Pop to hate me. Oh my God. Okay. <gasps> Tabitha- First of all, Tabitha's going to find out about it and be mad at him after they like hook up or something. Mm-hmm. I bet she's going to like go and she's going to like walk over to his computer afterwards and be like, what is this? Yep. Yep. She'd be like, are Someone you like, just using me? Yeah. You're, you want to exploit Pop and everyone else and me because I bet I'm a character. I'm the old guy's granddaughter. And also you shouldn't be on your phone at work. Like, he answers the phone right in front of Tabitha, and I'm like, are you gonna... Okay. I feel like Pops is kind of chill for that. Yeah. It's like, definitely not Luke Steiner. Yeah. Yeah. Jughead says no, that he doesn't want to do that, and Sam's like, I don't care. Then why'd you send me that? And he's like, so I didn't lose my money. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I just... I Honestly, I wanted someone to read it. I thought it was really good. Bro, that's the risk you run when you turn something in. Like, if you don't want yeah. that to be the story that you have to write, uh, don't turn it in. Sounds like literally send in any other piece of garbage that you've spit out on your computer. Right. So the neon sign behind him says dine instead of diner. So the R kind of came away. And I know that it's saying die is like a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just like Cheryl's makeup or Betty's ponytail, I'd like to propose something that I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm going to pay attention to it. Maybe as the lights go out in diner, it like shows like how bad the town is. I was thinking that too. And like now that it's unincorporated, like it's unincorporated. So now the R is gone. And so like, I just wonder if like it'll keep going out based on how bad it gets. Mm -hmm. That would be cool. I was thinking that as well. I want to see it happen. So in the next scene, Alice has some wine. Um, The twins are upstairs, but no Polly. And she leaves all the time, so, like, whatever, but you're the reason she left this time, Betty. Yep. Sure, whatever. Like, it is I, It is on Betty for literally starting a fight, but also, like, don't... You can't blame other people for your own decisions. Yeah, or, like, mm-hmm. Polly's own decisions. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. So Veronica tells Ch- Chad that she's staying and confronts him about freezing her out of their funds. Um, and she's basically like, hey, stop being a creep. Yeah. Thanks. You're being bad, a bad husband and I don't like you. You're literally having me followed and that's not cool. He says, are we done? And she's like, you have 30 minutes to give the money back and like closes her laptop. So like, was that a, are we done with this conversation or an, are we done with this marriage? I think she answered. My thing was like, the, when she hung up the phone or hung up the computer, I was like, that has to be the death note on their marriage. Like, right. I feel like it, is, it has to be. But he's going to come back and like try and control her still because yeah. he's not going to give up that easily. Yep. But she's like, yeah, I'm done. I can't see them. I can't see them giving her a husband and having them only be married or together for two episodes, you know? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They're probably gonna have to make him more abusive, hey? Right, right. Ew. That, Veronica is better than this shit storyline. I know. I was so excited when she was like hustling diamonds on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, show me criminal Veronica doing cool stuff. Why do you have to add the crappy husband to it? Like, I, 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 I my kingdom for a good Veronica story that's not about, like, being under the control of some man. Yeah. Like, that's all I want for her. Mm-hmm. So Archie texts Betty, and Betty's gonna try and call Polly. Jughead comes and asks if he can live with Archie because he's too cool to stay at the Five Seasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not because I don't have money, because only Pop and Tabitha know about that. 
Well, I feel, no. But because I'm too cool. I feel like him saying it's too rich for my blood is an indication of I actually need help. I guess, you know what? You're right about that because he is wearing his pops uniform when he does that speech. Like everyone sees that he's working at pops. Yeah, and it's the tone that he uses with Archie that like makes me think that is gen- he's asking for help without asking for help. Just like he did in Archie's dream. Mm-hmm. So Polly doesn't answer Betty's phone call. And Betty says, it's me again, which tells us that she's left more than one voicemail. Mm-hmm. And her leaving a voicemail reminds me of the voicemail that she talked about at the beginning of this episode, um, Jughead's voicemail. And uh, anyway, I'm just hoping to maybe potentially like, I don't know, hear it or like just hear more about what he said to like get rid of her. Right. Uh, Betty basically says, sorry for judging you. Um, and we see Polly running from the murder truck. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, Polly. Polly, run into the forest, my guy. Like, it, it can't drive in the trees. Literally, Bob and weave. Why is she running straight down the road? Right. Like, run into the woods where it can't drive without running into a tree. Are you guys ready for my theory? Yes. yes. Okay. So, I don't have a theory on who it is, but I think that the person in the murder truck is the trash bag killer or is working <gasps> with the trash bag killer. Yes. What? Because this is two blonde women that he, we've seen him take. He's looking for Betty. I think he's looking for Betty. Yes. He's looking for Betty in Riverdale. Yeah. I think he's here and he's looking for Betty. He's taken Squeaky, who's a blonde woman, and Polly, who's a blonde woman. He's getting closer and closer. Polly is unnecessarily dead, but Polly can give more information on where Betty is. And she's mad at Betty, so she might do it. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. Oh my god. I don't know. Maybe maybe this theory is too good. <laughs> I love it. I totally agree with it. Um, I think you're a genius. 10 out of 10. I also, but like, I'm also so sad. Like, give Alice something good. She has three kids, and the only one now that isn't, like, gone is Betty. Yeah. Like, now Polly's, like, stolen. Charles is in jail. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I just wish that Al- both Alice and FP are getting like really crappy, like a really crappy hand on the whole kid business. Yep. Yeah. And they probably feel like it's their fault. Oh. So now it's time for segments. Um, My first segment is not a sexual jughead question mark, question mark, question mark. It is what character needs a hug the most? And okay, so it's not necessarily which character needs a hug the most because I think that um we could all debate different characters all day. Yeah, there's several in this episode. But the character that I'm going to grant the hug for this episode is Reggie. And I hope that it's a healing hug um, that brings him back to his normal self. I love that. He's definitely on the list of deserves hugs. So I approve. Yeah. Uh, and my segment is what is Sam shipping the most? And obviously this episode, it goes to Bargie. Woo! Taste. Honestly, taste. My rights. I've been shipping Barchie since like mid-season three. I'm so happy for you, truly. So I'm really, I'm delighted. And my segment is which MILF was the most badass. And uh, obviously Alice, come on. Yeah. Yeah. My queen. Not Polly. Sorry, Polly. So sorry, Polly. Yeah, like, I don't, Polly does, she has the mom status and she's gorgeous, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't classify her as a MILF. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, but we, but we gave it to Tony last episode. Tony's a man. And, <laughs> and Tony's younger than Polly. <laughs> they have different energy. There, there is it's a different the energy. energy. It's the energy, mama. It's the energy. Okay, okay. Polly's too needy. No. Polly's still too childish. No, yeah. that's it. It's yeah. like Polly is, but I mean, of course it's the trauma mama, but I think right. Tony just has a, a more refined attitude about her. She's more mature. She is more mature. But again, not blaming Polly for being immature. She's had a really hard life. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If Polly decides to like get it together and kick the trash bag killer in the teeth and like save herself and her fellow captors. That would be iconic. She might get it. Yeah. Right. Uh, and 
my other segment is, did anyone mention FP? And no, but his clothes and his pictures are in Alice's house. So I'm going to say yes. Hmm. I count that. All right. <laughs> um, and now it's time for our best line award. Uh, my best line award goes to that debt collector dude and Tabitha for Jughead Jones. See him? No. I think I'd remember a weird ass name like that. <laughs> Honestly, that guy's so, so true. Bad. It is a weird ass name. So true, Queen. And I wanted to give an honorable mention to Kevin for Damn it, Miss Crouton. Damn it, Miss Crouton. It was so funny. <laughs> like it just it just came out of Miss Crouton? Damn it, Miss Crouton. You can't pick a name like Miss Crouton, which is iconic. And then Veronica Gecko. Veronica Gecko. Like, I want y'all to know, like the minute Kevin said it, not only did Robin scream best line award. <laughs> but she went back to play it again. Yeah, it was great. Yep. Damn it, Miss Crouton. <laughs> and my best line award goes to also Tabitha and that dead collector dude for... You just give us a call if he comes in. Okay, sweetie? Oh, I'll be sure to do that, pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Like, I... We stand. I never I thought of that. Right. I don't know why I've never thought of just, like, immediately replying with another, like, condescending term to a man when I get mm-hmm. sweetied and, like by someone I don't know. Because it happens so much. Mm-hmm. Right. And now I'm like, I will only be replying with condescending terms to men who call me sweetie. Yep. Yeah. And my best line of work goes to Hiram for... I want back in on the family businesses. I'm confused. Don't you live in New York? <laughs> I just think... So, like, just the way Mark it's, delivers it's this line. It's the way line. Mark delivers the line. It's this. it's the face he makes. Yeah, it's not, it's not even, like, the line. It's just, like, the way that he delivers it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a 16-year-old nerd. Oh my god, I love that line. What? That that was such a great group of favorite line awards that I'm absolutely excited to make gifts of eventually. Woo-hoo! So true. Um, and now it's time for our trailer reaction. It's it looks like a really good episode. Like there's a whole I'm so excited. In the plot description, there's a whole part where it's like Allison, Betty, and Kevin team up to find Polly. Oh, right. Okay, so yes, the um, thing, it's called Back to School. Archie, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead prepare for their first day as Riverdale High's newest teachers. Absolutely excited. Mm -hmm. Veronica introduces her husband, Chad, to the group after he shows up unexpectedly in Riverdale. Get out of here. Oh, right. I forgot that part where she's like, Archie, this is my husband. You weren't invited. (laughs) After realizing they are out of funds, Archie and Tony turn to Cheryl for help restarting the football and cheer team. Man, Cheryl's like, bro, I already gave you money. (laughs) Cheryl's like, I'm now an endless well of money. Finally, Betty, Kevin, and Alice follow a lead after learning that Polly may be in trouble. Mark, Charles, and Drew also here. I love that they're involving Kevin in their investigation. Yes. And I'm so, I'm so excited. So, so this is next week and then there is a hiatus before the next episode. And I just wanted to say I'm absolutely thrilled because that week is my birthday week and I just really appreciate not having to edit a podcast on my birthday. I appreciate that as well. I think, I think Riverdale did that specifically for me and I just appreciate that. Love that for you. So, um, this is the trailer. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, play. Ooh, so much kissing in so many so places. Much. Ask him about the Mothman. The Mothman. This is a lot. Well, what is this? Oh, oh that's the Mothman. Story. 
<laughs> I like that. Jughead's like, I have no idea, but it makes a good story. That's that's Riverdale. That's that's how the Riverdale that's writers her. write their show. Yeah, literally, literally. Yeah. Okay, so the first thing we have is Barchi making out again. Obviously, I love how they're like, this is chill, <laughs> you know. And then they're they're like getting real good for them, real into it, real quick. Well, they're just two friends having a good time. So Archie's like, hey, we're in our twenties. Let's have a good time. They've got like some hand stuff going on. This is not what you do with your friends with benefits. No. Okay. This is romance. No. When you're sneaking around and it's like it's fun, it's absolutely what you do with your friends with benefits. <laughs> yep. With like, but like these, li- this like little hand stuff, that's romance, mom. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. They don't know it yet, but it is. Yeah. Okay, so whose bed is this? Is this just Archie's bed? I think it's Archie's bed. I think he gets a bed. It looks like his room, so he must like get furniture. Yeah, this looks like a new bed frame though. Yeah. Good. Hey, I was asking for them to get new furniture. Thanks. They immediately gave you what you wanted. Okay, so this is like car stuff. Ooh, whose car is this? Reggie's? I don't know whose car this is. <laughs> Reggie's. I mean, car. Betty probably has a car. Okay. Oh, sure. Betty probably drove up from Quantico. Oh, yeah. You're right. And also, I just wanted to say that this is a parallel to Archie and Grundy. <gasps> Ew. This is pilot. This is a parallel to the pilot. This is... This is reclaiming it. Yeah. With the hand to the thing too, like the hand to the window, that's that happened. I know. Um, and then we get like some sort of like At least this time it's consensual. Yeah. Robotic Mothman thing, and then they're talking about the Mothman. And they're in, I think, the White Worm, uh, Jughead and Tabitha. Yeah, there's part in the there's part in the White Worm and then there's part in Pops. Yeah, there's like a drawing of the Mothman. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think this is the like bad guy of the season. This feels like it's just like a just this episode thing. Fun little one episode thing. Or yeah. like a secondary bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know how they be doing that. We get a shot. Yeah, we get a shot of Archie and Veronica and then Tony with a clipboard and Jughead in his pops uniform on his laptop. Once again, Jughead, uh, you're working. Yeah. <laughs> Please, sir. You're, um, you, shouldn't you be, um, I don't know, doing your job you get paid for? Aren't you on the clock, my guy? All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Looks like a great episode. I am very optimistic Agreed. about this season so far. Um, just because I've seen the promo photos, I think um, I want to announce that I'm pretty sure uh, Betty is teaching Metal Shop. <gasps> yes. Oh, I think I've seen that as well. Yes. And not like journalism or whatever. So right. I think that's cool. Well, she might be having multiple ones too, right? Because Kevin still had to do that even though um, there was like two more teachers, right? Miss Crouton and... And Mr. Cedars both left after Kevin said that he already did multiple um, classes. So I I think that they're going to need to do multiple classes too. Whether we see that or not, I think that they do, you know, but Metal Shop is definitely one of them. Agreed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you so much to our roommate, Emily, for quietly sitting in her room for almost three hours. How did... Man, the time flies. Jeez. She's an angel. She is. Like, I know that she's probably asleep, but I just respect her anyway. How dare she's you? An icon. She's probably watching Sailor Moon. <laughs> oh, you're yeah. right. Or falling asleep in front of Sailor Moon. There you go. Yeah. Please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. Um, That's also part of, like, I don't know, recommending us to a friend. That would be cool. Thanks. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, We are currently covering season three, which is my favorite season. Uh, We've covered season one and two already. uh, So go check those out. Season three comes out every six weeks, Robin. Yep. Yeah, every six weeks uh, in 2021. And hopefully by the time we finish the season, we'll have season four. Uh, If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We did all of season one, all of season two, and we are currently in the middle of season three. It is spoiler free if you want to watch with us for the first time. And um, we also have guests over there. So if you're a fan, 
hit me up and we can find an episode for you to be on. Um, it is truly the blueprint of um, modern television. And uh, if you haven't seen it, you're missing out and you should check it out. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that whole franchise too. We covered season one of Star Trek Picard and they've just started shooting season two. So hopefully Yay. we'll get to do stuff about that soon. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. Even if you're not a fan of The 100, check out our podcast anyway. Uh, we did... Um, seasons four to seven. The show is over now. So we are going back to do the seasons that we haven't done yet. We're starting with three and ending with one. I recommend the first five seasons of the hundred. After that, just listen to the podcast. You don't have to watch it. <laughs> exactly. God, don't do that to yourself. Please don't do that yeah. to yourself. You can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter and Robin makes gifts of her favorite lion awards on Tumblr. She's right. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. Uh, if you like what we do here, please consider donating because, woof, it's expensive. So true. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, $1 and up gets you early access to all of the podcasts. $5 and up gets you 10% off at shopylux.com or just recommend us to a friend. We just, we have five podcasts. We just gave you four other ones other than this one. I think you can find a friend who likes one of those shows. If not five friends for each podcast. So true. You can follow me on Twitter at at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-U-A-S. And you can follow me on Twitter at Afritania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Next episode is episode 506. It's called Back to School. And Back to School is a 1986 American comedy film. The plot centers on a wealthy but uneducated father who goes to college to show solidarity with his discouraged son, Jason, and learns that he cannot buy an education or happiness. Aw, seems like a heartwarming film. <laughs> it seems like lessons were learned. <laughs> Looking forward to doing this again next week. Me too. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay,